0: Hey everybody! This is Andrew Benjamin, and you are listening to the We Are Ryzen Podcast. Uh, today, I am not joined uh, by my usual co-host Declan Kirby. Unfortunately, he had a uh, a personal obligation that he had to take care of today. Um, and uh, today, in uh, in his place, I will be we will be reviewing the Ryzen Ten card from Fukuoka. Uh, that happened on the week on the first weekend of May, uh, and uh, I am joined with by Christian Gray of FocusFights.com, an MMA website, uh, and uh, I want to thank you, Christian, for for joining me for this podcast. Well,
1: first off, the last name is not Gray. Oh, though. yeah. I know people get me confused
2: a lot as
1: far as the last name goes, but my last name is actually Gary, mm. G-A-R-Y, as in that small town in Indiana. But, yeah, my name is Christian Gary. I'm a part of FocusFights.com as far as the actual operations of their Twitter account goes, at Focus Fights. But I was the main one who was blogging for the particular handle in question during the first I mean, during that Ryzen 10 card on the first weekend in May and let me tell you aside from the majority of the card which ended in a decision this card was pretty much off the hook. I gotta tell you I mean, it was basically worth my six hours of staying up for
0: Mm. I absolutely agree, and uh, first off, my apologies uh, for getting your... It's okay, dude, it's okay. Uh, uh, but I absolutely agree. Um, I actually thought this this, this is one, maybe one of their best cards, I can recall, since Ryzen started as a promotion. Um, and the funny thing was, is that going into this, I didn't feel that a lot of people were really that much excited about the card compared to others. Um, I felt like I uh, to put in a, re- in, uh, are you a wrestling fan by any chance?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm a big wrestling fan. I've been one since I was like nine years old. Uh
0: it's, it seems like, you know, this card was almost one of those cards that was in between the big ones where there wasn't a lot of people talking about it. Uh, but then it just happened. It maybe because of the lack of hype is the reason why it turned out to be so good. You understand what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I get what you mean, even though it didn't really draw much attention because of the talking heads of the MMA media world Mm -hmm. focusing their attention towards something else.
0: Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, it still got a little bit of value as far as what was on there and what happened, especially the main event.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, you know, the interesting thing also about this car as well is that even though a lot of fights uh, did not go to a finish, a lot of them went the distance. Um, it's, it, it's, there was no bad, fu- there really was no bad fight in the card. Um, I, I can't recall s- saying, cause usually there's a, there's at least one bad fight or there's one fight that I was like, whatever, you know, but there was really not a, a horrible fight that I was like, that I regretted sitting through while watching it at 3am <laughs> on a, on a, on a Saturday night. So, you know, I, it's, it, it, this, was de- this is definitely one, I, one, so far, one of my top, one of the top shows of the year, just in MMA in general, I think.
1: I mean, you can uh, probably agree with that because of the fact that most of the, even though most of the fights did go to a decision, there were only four fights that ended on this card
2: via devastating finish, some more devastating than the next. Yeah.
1: It wasn't really a bad fight on this card. Even the first fight was was which was a kickboxing belt, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Even yeah. though it ended in a draw, it still left the crowd mesmerized.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And actually, right before we go into the into our into the review, um, can you just tell us a little about your, a little bit about yourself, Christian? How you got uh, into MMA, uh, Japanese MMA? Yeah, just tell us, give us a little breakdown on that.
1: Well. For me, as I told you before, I've been a professional wrestling fan since I was nine years old. I am now 25, so it's been, like, what, 16 years since I've been loving combat sports, but I really didn't get all all into combat sports until, like, around the time Pride went up. I mean, around the time Pride FC went under and got sold out to the UFC, and, well, basically the UFC was just starting out with the Ultimate Fighter, I basically got into that, but I really did not get into Japanese MMA until the fall of Dream in 2010, when they had their big New Year's Eve show, and I guess I was probably more mesmerized because of the fact that Fedor was on the card, and Jerome LeBanner was beating up on Tim Sylvia, and
2: Yuichiro Jei Natsu came out looking like a damn fool, but (laughs) still, (laughs) I guess you could say from
1: that night on, and there was even a fight, I think, between Shinya Aoki and who did Aoki face on that fight card on New Year's Eve 2010?
0: Uh, Uh, oh boy. Oh, God, um, oh, um, was, um, I'm try- okay, I'm trying to, was this, I'm trying, was this the one where he, was this the one where he broke the guy's shoulder? Was Oh,
1: it- I think you're, I think you're talking about Mizuto Hirota, Puknis Hirota. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. No, uh, actually, that's not the guy I'm talking about. Hmm. Let's see if I can search it up. Uh, sorry, everyone, we're going through a little bit of difficulties. Please bear with us. <laughs> but, you know, I guess you could say ever since New Year's Eve 2010, I've been basically hooked when it comes down to Japanese MMA. And pretty much ever since then, I mean, even though Japan in many... Even though Japan, in many cases, despite the fact that promotions like Deep Deep Shudo, Zest, and, of course, Rising and Pancrase have been around and building up the purpose of Japanese MMA. Oh, and by the way, Aoki defeated Satoto Kitaoka. Not Kitakawa, of course. But still, point yeah. of the matter is... Ever since Japanese MMA basically resurfaced with Ryzen, and even more so with the promotions I mentioned, pretty much it's been giving me more of an interest to follow JMMA rather than the usual regional fair in the U.S., and of course, the UFC in Bellator.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. Um, I will say that I, I am looking at uh, his uh, fight, uh, his MMA record, he... It, he defeated Hirota. He broke uh, his arm the year before that. So I'm getting, I got my years, right, right. I got my years a little bit mixed up. But uh, oh, um, yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's funny. A lot of, you know, yeah, it's it's funny how a lot of fans, you know, obviously Pride was obviously the biggest one, so that's how people got in. But then, you know, as soon as Pride went away, you know, a lot of it seemed like I don't want to say a Japanese MMA. Kind of went underground, but there was definitely a lot of the fandom around it disappeared there wasn't a lot, a lot of talk of the,
1: a lot of the international
0: fans yes yeah yes, yes yes um but as soon as rising came back, it seemed like they came out they they came out again for um for to um for basically uh what to uh, to uh, to come together for what pride, what what the what pride originally was, you know, and that's what Ry- that, you know that's why I was attracted to Ryzen be- because it is, to me, what MMA should be about. Uh, yep. none of these weird rules that that uh no, you know, no, you know, I I'll never understand why no kicking, no stomping your opponent on the ground is a rule within the unified uh rules of MMA. Beside, I'll never understand.
1: You talk about weird rules, and I'm sorry for interrupting you. I
0: thought.
1: Steel. When it comes down to weird rules, you're thinking of one other promotion as well that has weird rules. Like, for example, you remember that one FC fight card that happened about a month or two ago where the guy got disqualified for suplex and something? Yes,
0: I remember that. Yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, my goodness. I'm just kind of glad Japan, especially Ryzen in particular, has rules where you can basically soccer kick your opponent or you can just suplex the hell out of your opponent. And it's all perfectly legal. All it's,
0: all that's illegal is no low blows, no eye gouging. Yeah, yeah. Um...
1: And from what we learned over the last... I mean, from what we learned since Ryzen 10... No over, um, no over usage of Vaseline. Mm-hmm.
2: Which
0: get you a oh bit. yes, oh yes. Um, <laughs> and actually, uh, right, we're gonna get right into the card right now. But uh, speaking of actually rules, um, one of the things is that uh, that for this card they adopted basically unified rules in terms of of rounds and time, uh, for uh, for the MMA fights. So, uh, three rounds, five minutes, and a lot of it seemed like a lot of people were not. They, they were they wanted, A lot of people like the pride rules where uh, first round is 10 minutes and then the second round is 5 minutes. A lot of people like like those types of rules. Uh, did you have any thoughts on that? Uh, them changing up, uh, basically having all the MMA fights be the same amount of, of time and rounds?
1: Well, to be honest, since I kind of came into the sport around the same time the Ultimate Fighter started rebuilding the sport... It really don't make much of a difference to me because of the fact that you got purists who want to see like a traditional 10 minute round, 10 minute first round, and then for championship fights, it's two five minute rounds, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But still, it really don't matter to me when it comes down to those rules how many minutes there is in a round whether it's 10 minute first round or 3 5 minute rounds yeah or 5 5 minute rounds in the case of title fights here in the US I just want to see a great fight oh
0: you know exactly exactly um i think a lot of people have a lot of distaste for UFC and unified rules so i think that's why a lot of them were not happy they it's kind of like they want they want it's it's kind of like how new japan uh uh, for wrestling, New Japan fans don't like it when there's interference and all the and, the and the sports entertainment stuff because it reminds them of WWE. So right, because
1: it basically Americanizes exactly,
0: promotion. exactly. And I think a lot, a lot of fan, a lot of fans of Ryzen were like, Why do I need to watch fights like that?" You know, I, I could just watch UFC if they're gonna do the rules like that. Um, yeah, to me, it, it was, it's not that big of a deal. You know, it, 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 it's, if they start, if they were to take away things like no stomping on the ground or anything like that, you know, then that's when I think it's going a little bit too far. But, you know, if they go, you know, it seems at least uh, they seem they I, I think um, Ryzen, I think they said that they were trying to I think in the Reddit MMA that they had. Um, a, a oh, few, the ask th- me anything session Yeah, I think they were uh, Saki, Sakaki Bar was asked about that And they said that they were, they were experimenting With uh, just this type of rule set uh, For rounds and times And you know I have no issue with that it's, you know, There's a lot more I think there's a lot more Pressing matters in the world of MMA That need fighting uh, that, 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 that people should be worried about than that In my personal opinion
1: yeah, I kind of agree, but to one exception, as long as they don't go full unified rules like how the UFC is basically done with everybody, I mean, every state athletic commission in the union and some international commissions, as long as they rise and don't go full unified rules or don't have extreme weight cutting measures like how 1FC yes. does, I Yes. I'll yes. be happy with that. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, 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 that's a that's a that's a fair uh middle middle line to uh to uh take to that situ- to this situation. Um but uh you wanna go right into the card and uh talk about this uh this great uh card that just happened?
1: Yeah, let's go ahead and go right into it. Because okay. we had fourteen fights on this card that took place two weeks ago. I think it was May ninth if I'm not mistaken. No, wait, actually, I think it was like May. uh, Let's see. It was May 6th. Yes. From the Marine Messe Arena in Fukuoka Prefecture, Japan. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, I have an attendance record as well. Uh, um, Apparently, the the attendance was 7,910 people, which was actually up from uh, the one that they had last year when they had the uh, Super uh, Atomweight, female Super Atomweight tournament. Um, there and th- that one grossed last year seven thousand seven hundred thirty-two. So a little bit up, you know, not that much. I don't think I don't think there's anything to write home about in terms of, you know, I th- that that sounds about sounds about what the arena usually holds from uh, just other events that they've had. Uh, so I don't think I think I think it's a good attendance. You know, I know that they're mostly focused on tele television ratings for their Fuji TV. Um channel, um. Do you know if any uh ratings came out for this show by any chance?
1: Well, to be quite honest, I don't know if any ratings came out on the Fuji TV end or the Fight TV end for international viewers. Uh,
0: does Fight TV even give them? I I've never uh, heard Fight TV ever uh giving out such ratings.
1: Well, actually, they that's because they don't. But I had problems when it came down to ordering the event, because every time I would try and watch it, no matter how clear my Wi-Fi signal was, the damn thing just simply crashed. And basically, I had to deal with going to a different stream just to watch it. I'm not going to give out the name of it, because I don't want them to get (laughs)
0: in (laughs) trouble. No, that's understandable. It's understandable. Um, uh, just um, Just for transparency purposes, I had no issues on my end. Um, I have about a hundred dollars in credits on my Fight TV account, so I just, I just used that, like, the credit towards the show, and I had no issues, uh, streaming live or on, on demand, um, Uh so, um, I'm sorry you had to deal with that, um, hopefully. It's okay, dude, I just hope that the Fight TV app fixes their shit the next time they do Oh, yes, oh, yes, um, but, uh. Right, right to begin this card, we had a kickboxing match. Um, which is, uh, I, I, has that been, uh, did it, that's becoming, a, a, a it's almost, um, almost a constant now is that a kickboxing match seems to be opening, uh, rising cards. Um, yeah,
1: but then again, they were fighting in Fukuoka, which is a pretty big prefecture in Japan for kickboxing. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and this was, uh, at, a Bantamweight, uh, 61 kilograms, which is about, um, I have to do my, uh, conversions. Do you have the, uh, do you have to have the conversions by any chance in front of you?
1: Um, yeah, let me go ahead and get that up now, because they were fighting at 139 pounds, Okay. which, in mouth speak, in mass, actually, 139 pounds equals a... 2 let's see, da, 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 da. 139 pounds equals up to 63 kilos.
0: Okay, uh, I have, um, 63 or 61? 63. 61 oh. kilos is 135
1: pounds.
0: Okay, uh, yeah, that's about what I have here. And, uh, the two fighters we had, uh, were, uh, Darvish uh, Karogi and Tomohiro Kitai, um... Kurogi has fought for uh, has fought in Ryzen before um, under kickboxing if i remember correctly and um, i believe this was Kitai wasn't this Kitai's first uh, kickboxing match for Ryzen?
1: Oh yeah it was Kitai's first kickboxing bout for Ryzen, but he had to win a small four man tournament in the Rise promotion R I S E just to get this fight in Ryzen against Hilo Kuroloi Kurogi who goes by the name of Kulogi Darvish as a way to honor baseball player Yu Darvish, who, by the way, just so happens to be one of the family members of Noifumi Kid Yamamoto.
0: Oh, interesting. (laughs) That I didn't know. That I didn't know.
1: Um, It's
2: only because of the fact that Yu Darvish is
1: basically married to kid's sister, I think Seijo or something. I mean Seiko Yamamoto or something.
0: The Yamamoto family, oh my god, it's, it's 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 almost almost like a mafia, it's mafia-like in how much they're connected with sports in Japan.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, no disrespect, I think they would have, I mean, even if they were to have lived in Arizona where Noifumi spent most of his high school years, they still would have probably had a bigger connection.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, um, but, uh uh we're not gonna do any play by we're not gonna do play by plays for the fights because it just would take way really too long we're gonna go we're gonna focus on on things that we liked about the fights or anything that stuck out for us and basically this fight was three rounds of two guys basically kicking and punching the shit out of each other there's really i that's that's the best way I could put it. They just did not stop with how with the punishment uh that they were delivering to each other uh so much so that when the when the uh when the decision it went to all it went to a, uh, all three rounds um it was a split draw um i did have Katai winning uh but i am not upset with the fact that it was a, a a split draw what do you think about this uh christian well to be honest i didn't get a
1: chance to see it because again my fight tv app is ah. messing up but when it came down to it, I heard a lot of reaction about it. And I heard the fans got into it. Yes. So, even though they fought to a draw, they fought to a split decision draw, which, of course, in Japan, they don't score the fights round by round like how they do here in North America. Yeah. They scored the whole damn thing. I mean, I think these two probably
0: deserve to have another go-round, whether in Rice or Rice-In. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, absolutely, I agree. There's definitely... Should be a rematch at some point. Um, I don't know if they're gonna be. Uh, they did. They uh, at a recent uh, Ryzen press conference. They did mention that there's going to be another kickboxing tournament. Uh, later this year. So if they wanna yeah, have these, I heard about that. T- yeah, if they, if they wanna have these two, you know, duke it out for uh uh once again and see who advances. You know, I have no issue with that. They wanna have it on a one-off show in uh in July again. No issue with that, but I definitely a rematch between these two would definitely be is something that should be done. Um, any other thoughts that you have about this uh, about the opening match?
1: Well, actually, I didn't really have... I mean, like I said, I don't mm-hmm. have any thoughts because it was hard for me to watch it. But,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, if they want to do a rematch, I'll be all for it. I want to watch that thing from start to finish.
0: Okay. Uh, and uh, the next match, we had our first MMA match of the night... Uh, a straw weight 53 kilogram uh, match uh, between returning uh, Rising fighter Kanako Murata uh, defeating the UK's Lanchana Green by Anaconda Choke in the first round, 4 minutes and 52 seconds. Um, now, originally, this was supposed to be Kanako Murata versus Wei Zhang, who is considered one of the hottest Rising uh, fighters. Uh, from China. Um, uh-huh. I actually, I actually, uh, compared her record to, uh, Hennon Burrell from UFC. And I noticed that they were very similar in that they lost their first fight. And then since then, they've just been going on a streak of just wins. Just, just finishing opponents left and right. Um, right, right. and, um, unfortunately, I guess what happened was that Zhang got injured, um, uh, and so they, she had to pull out. I'm not so sure how long Ryzen knew. Um, but they got Lanchana Green, um, who was on the ultimate fighter when they were doing, um, uh, the straw weights, um, uh-huh. um, ultimate fighter season. I, 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 all the ultimate Fighter seasons run together in my head. So I don't even remember how long ago it was, but, um,
1: it was the Ultimate Fighter season twenty three, Team Joanna versus Team Claudia. That
0: was okay, yes, yes, yes. Um coming into this, uh she did not I remember I think her record was three and three, if I remember correctly. Um You mean Canna's, I mean you mean Kanako's record, right? Um Green. Uh, was...
2: Well, actually, according to her topology stats,
1: her record was one win, one loss, and one draw.
0: Oh, I'm looking at her. Uh, I'm looking at her exhibition bouts. That's what. That's what. That's what uh, threw me off. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I probably don't. I mean, I don't see those Ultimate Fighter fights as actually real fights because when it comes down to it, all I mean, if they want to go to the UFC, all that would just be would be padding their record. But exactly. Still, Anna Green, who hails from Darlington, England, United Kingdom, came into this fight card with a one. I mean, with basically an even record: one yeah. win, one
0: loss, one draw. <laughs> yeah. And um, actually, um, uh, uh, she came into this uh, fight with uh, two, uh, two, four, six, uh, seven wins, one uh, well, uh, six wins, one loss, and actually her one loss being to Ring Nakai from uh, Ryzen in uh, twenty sixteen. Um, so, uh, when, uh, this fight happened, uh, it was quite clear who was the better fighter. Um,
2: uh,
0: when Shana Green looked, uh, she did not look like, uh, she looked totally out of her element. Um, though I will say this, I I don't know what exactly caused it. I don't know if it was a, uh, a, a, a well-placed punch or what it was, but Murata, she got a nasty swelling bruise on on her eye. Did you see that?
1: Uh, I probably didn't see it when it happened, but I damn sure seen it after it happened. Yes. Because maybe it might have had something to do with Green coming in on about 48 hours. No, not even 48 hours. Notice about a week, about almost a week's notice. Yeah. Because she was originally supposed to be fighting kickboxer Melanie Grudges at a ucmma event in the uk this past weekend but that fight obviously got canceled
0: yeah
1: but still i'm pretty sure that green probably felt that swelling in addition to her jet lag from there all the way back to england but still point of the matter is even though even though she lost via submission, four minutes fifty-two seconds of round number one via anaconda choke to Marata, I think I think Luchana can probably come back and fight another day for Ryzen, Hopefully.
0: Oh yeah! Oh no! No! You know, it's forty-eight hour, you know, even less than forty-eight hours notice. You know, um, it's obvious. You know, obviously, you know, she, you know, taking a fight, and also probably, you know, jet lag. You know. There's, there's a, a bunch of factors why she could have lost the way she did, but um, I should you know this one loss doesn't mean that she's that she should be that her that her that any future rising, the uh, uh, opportunity should be should should not happen. Ob- she should be given another chance, but um, at least from this fight, it looked like Marata was easily the better of the two. Is just what I'm saying. Um, oh, of
1: course she was. Of course she was.
0: Uh oh, uh, by, by the way, um, the uh, I I did I say Green had the uh, swelling on her eye. Um, if I did it, I meant to say Marada had the swelling on her eye.
1: Oh, now see, I probably didn't notice that until after she spoke in that post fight. Yes. Post fight speech.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I didn't even notice that until yeah until they she until she got up uh, after uh, the ref waved off the fight and you just saw this um I believe it was her right eye that was just it looked ooh it it was absolutely disgustingly nasty uh what I I don't even know what happened what caused it but it was pretty disgusting but uh actually an impressive finish uh though from uh, Murata, who no doubt will probably be back in Ryzen at some point. Um,
1: and, and to be honest hopefully Lanchana Green will come back to fight and rise at some point as well but still absolutely uh, hope that Morata got that eye cleared
0: yeah, oh absolutely yes 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 um and then Next, the next two matches I like to call these the two uh, back-to-back big boy matches because that is exactly
2: oh, yeah.
0: that is exactly the what of the super
2: big boys. Yes, <laughs>
0: and um, both were, were heavyweight matches at uh, two hundred and sixty-five pounds, which was uh, one hundred and twenty kilograms. Um, first one we had from Suriname, uh, Jair Jal-
1: Rosinho, R- Biggie Boy Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, I actually learned how to pronounce his last name through a. Uh, he did a YouTube interview uh, a week the week of the fight, and that's how I finally learned how to pronounce his last name because I was just trying oh. to figure out like how to pro- how do you pronounce his last name? Is it Rosenstruik or Ro- is it? But I was I was so glad to finally like learn that like oh it's Ro- Rosenstruik. Um yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was J- Jair Rosenstruik defeating Andre Kovalev. Um, Again, this went uh to uh all three rounds. Um it was a split decision win for Rosenstruk. But um I guess the, the story of the fight uh was not necessarily what happened during the fight, but what happened on the way to the fight for uh Jair Rosenstruok. Um Yeah. So what happened was that Rosenstruk comes out, he does his entrance, um by the way, just want
1: song, no less.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. And I just want to say, all the entrances were awesome. And Ryzen never ha, never has a bad, ha, has bad entrances or that that type of entertainment. Uh, the pop circumstances to um, when they when the fires come out, uh, when he came out. So no, when they before the fires get in the ring, they're looked over by by the rings by the official. Uh, they check them. Check their gloves. Check their mouthpieces. Check them for uh, for any foreign objects. That whole thing, and they also make sure to check that they have nothing that um nothing from the um uh, from the uh, Vaseline section of CVS. So what happened was was, and I noticed this, and um the two co- uh, the commentators, uh, by the way, Joe Ferraro and Frank Drake, who do, do both, did a great job. Um, I know uh, he, he was taking exceptionally long for for the uh, for the ringside official to look him over, and uh-huh. I didn't know what was going on, and neither did the commentators until until one of the ringside officials brought over a towel and then started wiping uh-huh. Rosenstreich's legs, and uh, yeah, they, they uh, I think the commentators at first they said, "Oh, maybe he's just sweating," you know, it's possible, you know. First time probably the biggest crowd the biggest crowd Rose troops ever fought in front of um, you know you sweat you know if, uh, due to nervousness or anxiety but um, what happened after that as soon as the uh, fight started uh, the referee brought out a yellow card which is a, pe- a, a financial penalty um, I believe it's 10% of the purse if I remember correctly uh-huh. um, goes back to the promotion. And this yellow card was given to Rosa Struik for apparently having a substance on his legs that had to be wiped oh. off by the officials. Uh, and I think it was, I, it's, or is it confirmed it was Vaseline? It
1: probably was, considering the fact that, I mean, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but this dude, the dude looked like an over... Overcooked, extra crispy bucket of fried chicken. No disrespect, (laughs) but but still, dude. I mean, but still, though. I mean, it didn't take. It shouldn't have took them that long to rub down the Vaseline on his body because of the fact that. I mean, because of how big he
0: was. Yes, (laughs) yes, yeah. That's true. No
1: disrespect. This dude came in undefeated, as did his opponent. But Moses Stroot does have a kickboxing record. And I don't even think that in his kickboxing bouts, it took him that long to get brought down with Vaseline.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to assign blame, you know, you never know the things, whether he knowingly knew about it, whether his coaches said, you know, we'll just put this on you, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm. that's not my, that's not my my end to 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 say whose fault it was, but there was something, you know, if I'm pretty sure that Ryzen must give rules. They must let their fight the fighters know beforehand. As soon as they sign the contract, you can't do this. You can't do this. So whoever, or however it happened, um, it was a pretty irresponsible thing to do, in my opinion. Um, many, quite a few fights have have you know the the whole entire fight could have been changed, you know, due to excessive. Uh, substances being rubbed on the fighter, you know? There's a big controversy with the GSP-BJ uh, Penn match, where BJ Penn said that GSP had some uh, Vaseline on him. Um, mm-hmm. We there know There was
1: even a controversy about a year ago when it came down to the Darren Crooks saint I mean, Darren Cook saint Satoro kitaoka about.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. I remember that, yes. Uh, if you yeah. want to even go back to Pride, you know, Sexyama um, had uh Well, it was well known...
1: Yoshihiro Akiyama a and Cry you're thinking of K1 Heroes but
0: I yes. get what you oh, mean oh yes 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 sorry sorry um uh, but yeah yeah. Uh, um with his fight with Sakuraba um probably being the most well known where he apparently uh had uh where I I think the fight uh, originally uh, he won uh, he won the fight originally um but uh then the the judges found out that uh he had uh excessive he was greasing during the fight mm-hmm. um I mean... I mean, you
1: know, and was that before or after he took off his gi top?
0: Oh, I, um... God. I, it's been such a long time since I've seen that fight, I honestly don't remember. But, oh god, um... I have to go back and watch that, because I'm really curious now about uh, whether he whether that was before he took the gi off or not. Um,
2: uh-huh. But, but the point of the matter
1: is that you're trying to make is that these fighters should have been known ahead of time, hey, you can't over grease yourself. Yes. If you do, you're gonna probably get penalized and you're gonna to have to relinquish about ten or twenty percent of your purse. Yes. Just because of the fact that you didn't come in well prepared. Yes. But yes speaking of well prepared, I mean Rosenstruck for those entire three rounds just simply dominated Kovalev. I mean oh, it's yeah. like Kovalev
0: was being treated like a rookie, despite the fact that he had a 9-0 and record going into the fight, now 9-1. and I think it's also fair to say that Kovalev was, you would think, was a better fighter. Also, just from experience, and, and much more well-rounded, if you especially go by the records. Rinoa Rosestruck has knocked out all of his opponents, but Kovalev ha, ha, fi, has finished opponents through submission and through uh, and through uh, knockout. So, uh, knockout. Uh-huh. it's... Mm-hmm. It, it, you would automatically assume Kovalev has more tools in his game but uh, Kovalev did not it, um, except for maybe the second round was what, the one that went, uh, if, you were gonna, if you were to judge by rounds you could give to Kovalev uh-huh. but uh, rounds 1 and 3 Rosenstruik basically it, it was like watching it, I, 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 I it, it was clearly one guy who was so good at what he, wa- what he was and that was, uh, and that was a stand-up game uh, and it just negate. Uh, he was able to negate everything that uh, almost everything that Kovalev had.
1: Right, right.
0: And uh, actually, I will. Um, I will say you know it's funny that Rosestroke said that. Uh, he wants to finish all of his fights by knockout. He doesn't want to do any submissions. He doesn't want them to go the distance, which is ironic because this is this was his first fight that went the distance. Um, mm-hmm. and um, by third round, I. I noticed that they were both getting tired, but it seemed like Kovalev was a lot more tired than Rosenstrook. Uh
2: mm-hmm.
0: huh. Um, and, uh, yeah, so basically, yeah, it was basically three uh, three rounds of uh, Rosenstrook pummeling Kovalev and, uh, Kovalev getting handed his first loss. Um, question though, do you think that, uh, Rosenstrook, uh, should be allowed to fight in Ryzen again dis- despite what happened with the, uh, with the greasing?
1: Well, to be honest, seeing the fact that this first time was probably a warning, I don't see why not. I mean, if anything, I probably felt that if the fight would have been like traditional pro, rules, one 10-minute round, two 5-minute rounds, because these are obviously big boys, that fight would have probably ended like 5 minutes in. Yeah. Instead of having to go to a second round, but... To be honest, I don't see why not. I think Roshan's probably was unaware of the fact and he learned his lesson, but it's the fact that if he would do that, I mean, if he was a more experienced fighter in Ryzen, this would have been his, and this would have been well past his first time, but doing it, he would have never been allowed to fight in the damn promotion again, but I think that he should be given a second chance.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, my, my policy is that as long as you know, if Gilbert Yavel can fight for as long as he did, despite all the stuff he did, you know, Rose, oh. <laughs> Rose Shruch, <laughs> you know what he did was was a misdemeanor compared to what Yavel has done.
1: Right, right. Basically, basically, Gilbert Yavel was doing state jail felonies. Exactly. No, all yeah. Rose Shruch, all Rosa did was a petty crime.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And again, we don't even know if it was up, if it was him, his team. You know, possible miscommunication. You know that does happen sometimes. You know where sometimes people aren't aware of the rules. You know, uh, and someone gets. You know, that happened with the first Silva Okami match, where Silva didn't know that up that that knees that opponents uh, when their knees are on the ground, you can't kick them in the face. So you know, I'm happy to you know he uh, he should be you know if he does it again then. I don't know. Then, then you know, if if you if if you screw it up, if you do it again, you know, fool me once, shame on you; fool, fool me twice, uh, shame on me. You know, type thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, I have no problem with him if if they if, uh having him come back to fight uh, in Ryzen again at all. Exactly.
1: Now let's go ahead and get to the second big boy contest of the evening. Dante Walker, trouble, uh who. Basically, came back off of a three-year absence versus former soccer goalie, current mixed martial artist Ricardo Alemão Placel.
0: Oh, thank you. Uh, I, I, I was trying to figure out, like, again, you know, sometimes the the Brazilian names are very hard to pronounce. I was trying to figure when I first saw his name on the uh, fight card, I was, I was banging my head like how to pronounce it properly. And uh, yeah, that's exactly how it's pronounced. Um, now, another thing.
1: After years of watching MMA, I now know that anybody with a Brazilian or Portuguese name that has an R in it always got to get pronounced like
0: an H. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Okay, um, another thing that should be noted about um, about uh, about Delia is that he is a protege of Crocop, um, mm-hmm. and I think he may have been the biggest fighter on this card. I think he's about six foot seven. No, no, I'm sorry, oh, Purcell. Yeah. Purcell no, Purcell is the six foot seven. Excuse me. No, no. Um, one of them is taller than the other. Um, yeah, it's Purcell. Purcell, he's six foot seven. Um, Dalia is not that not that far off, though. He's about uh, yeah, he's six foot five. That was it. Okay. And um, yeah. Um, uh, Dalia ha- he he had that 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 um that long break in his in his MMA career because he suffered a broken leg during a match. Um,
1: oh, yeah, he was doing his previous bout to date up until that point in a loss to now UFC heavyweight contender Marcin Taibura for the M1 Global Heavyweight title mm. back on September 20th,
0: 2015. And actually, if you want to be uh, a little bit more specific, it was actually a two year layoff. That's a long time. And I've known. Well,
1: two, two and a quarter years, but. No, wait, like, actually, two and a half, but you
0: are right it's 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 funny uh, with mma fighters that when they when they when they go have a long a long break in their career they either co- i think they either come back just explosive and they haven't lost anything in their game or they either come or there's a complete opposite they come back just just not what they were um uh-huh. when dominic cruz finally came back from his um uh his long excursion um I'm forgetting his op- the, the opponent that he fought but he absolutely murked his uh his first opponent that he had when he returned um but then there's other fighters um I'm trying to th- you know I guess you know even though GSP won his fight against Bisbing and I know that was a different weight class GSP did not was not the same GSP that I remember watching while watch when he was at the top of the welterweight division, it was a totally different GSP.
1: Right, well, get what you mean on that.
0: Um, but uh, I I'll be honest, I'm not I wasn't too uh, familiar with uh Dalia with his uh previous fights, but you know if you had told me this guy had, had suffered a uh, broken leg and uh took tier, uh over tears off, um, I didn't notice it. You know, th- he basically dominated all three rounds, just throwing around Presil like he was like a kid. <laughs> Um, it was, it was just, you know, it, it, it basically Prussell, Prussell looked like he wanted to finish this, this fight by submission, but whenever he would try to go for submission, D'Elia just would, just would, just would not fall for it. He was able to get out of, out of multiple leg locks, knee bars, he didn't have yeah. it, it, it Prase- kind of, he he was great at one thing that I think a, a lesser opponent would have fallen into, but Delia really did uh, prepare for his fight. He knew that the guy going up uh, Praseil was a much better submission fighter, so basically he made sure that he would not fall into any submission uh, traps. And uh-huh. basically he took down and, and it manhandled. Um, Procell for the for the uh, entire fifteen minutes. Um, Any thoughts about this fight?
1: Well, to be honest, it's no different than what you just said. Procell was simply dominated by Rock and Trouble, Ante Delija, of course. And I mean, if you think about it, if you think about it, I know Procell had a considerable height advantage, but. I didn't really see it in that fight. I mean, it it just felt like Pracel was just getting worked the entire fight, left, right, and center. But
2: then
0: again,
1: then again, Delija did say he wanted to have a knockout just like Prokop. You know, right kick, right leg hospital, left leg cemetery, (laughs) something like that.
0: Yeah. Basically, he
1: wanted to get a knockout against Daliha. I do think that if if Dalija would have provided more pressure to Parcel, that fight obviously would've ended with Parcel's head getting kicked into the fifth
0: row. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I think it's also uh, what's also interesting to note here is um Delia is only twenty seven years old, but he looks about like fifty years old. His face is just a mangled mess. <laughs> I just thought to
1: well, was... be honest.
0: I I could not believe.
1: What do you say? He's
0: from Croatia. Yeah, when they said he was 27, I could not believe it. It it just he looks like he's been in a hundred fights <laughs> instead of exactly. instead of instead of um 18 at this point. Um, but um, also something interesting that Prasail said during the um the media scrum was that. I think, he, I think he said that he had been offered a UFC contract, but then he turned it down to go to Ryzen. Do you remember hearing something about that?
1: Oh well, yeah, I think I heard that in his entrance. But, you know what, uh, I wish we could probably see, I mean, like, all the recent influx of UFC fighters and Bellator fighters that just want to make a quick and honest buck overseas... I wish we could see more of those guys come over to Ryzen and say, hey, I want an opportunity. I want a chance to make my name known. I want a chance to actually be somebody instead of just be a
2: number. Yeah, I want to make myself, you know,
1: mean something. And I'm not surprised that a guy like Ricardo Placel basically said that because I really do want to see more of these fighters from other promotions, more specifically, UFC and Bellator want to make a name over in Japan, in Russia,
2: anywhere else but there. <clears> if <throat> they feel like they're being misused.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um, and we'll actually we'll actually be kind of talking about one of those fighters in the main event uh, when we get there. Um, okay. Uh, but
1: other than, that, other than that, I do think the Lee dominated. And if given the chance, I think you should be... You know, fighting on the rising card after that, Rising 12, I think, which will be in Saitama in August.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, well, the, uh, Ry- the, we got Rising 11 in July uh, before that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but, but I don't think that he should be facing his mentor, though. Oh, but- no. Oh, yes, no. Well, I originally... Well, what do you think about the prospect of him fighting Prochaska? Because Prochaska wants to fight Krokop, but do you think that they should have him fight Dalia first? And then if he wins, then Prochaska can then go on to um, Krokop. Hey, the
1: more the merrier. I wouldn't mind seeing that fight happen. I mean, if it's guaranteed to be 100% violent, I wouldn't mind seeing that fight happen.
0: Um. Yeah, no, me neither, me neither. Um. Uh, I do, Prochaska, they're probably, I think that D'Elia, though, would probably have the size advantage that, in that fight, I feel like. Oh. Exactly.
1: Um even, even though Prohaska is a bodybuilder by trade, yeah. Daliha would have the considerable size advantage. Let's be real.
0: Oh absolutely, yeah. Um but uh I I probably have all the fights, um, I would probably say this was you know, I like I said there was no bad fight, but if there was any fight if you had to held a gun to my hand said, Which fight was did you least like the least like, it, this is probably the closest I could say. But even in that case it was not a bad fight um exactly but uh yeah uh let's go on to the next match um which is the complete opposite of heavyweights where we're going to super atom weights uh <laughs> 50 kilograms
1: 108 pounds the former Invicta Atomweight weight champion ayaka Hamasaki mm. versus the Josh Barnett trained Elisa tiny Tim Garcia mm.
0: uh now uh Hamasaki probably right now would you say she's one of the best uh uh, uh fighters from Japan in well, the anime hey, division if Siohi Ham can be one of the best fighters
1: fighting out of the Koreas north and south but mostly the south i obviously think that Hamasaki is one of the best anime fighters if not in Japan or in Asia, one of the best anime fighters in the world. I'm just sad that she didn't get a chance to fight in the UFC. But hey, like we always think, you know, the UFC's loss and Bellator's loss is Ryzen's game, pretty mm-hmm. much.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, coming into this fight, uh, Hamazaki was uh 14 and two, while Alyssa Garcia was a was a three and four. Um, Alyssa Garcia, no stranger to Ryzen. Um, prob- her mo her she got a win over um um Akana Azakura, um, which was she was a heavy underdog in that fight, but managed to uh defeat the um the now uh super atom weight uh uh tournament uh champion uh whatever I don't know what they're calling it now uh grand well, prix winner. Really super atom weight tournament champion, but let's
1: talk about the fight. That we're talking about first, yes. Before we get to talk about, you know, what's going to be going on in the future tense, yes, yes. The co co main event, but still,
0: I'll say what stuck out for this for this fight for me was that I'm going to start calling Alyssa Garcia third round Alyssa Garcia because as soon as the third round hits is when like her brain just turns on or her fight her fights. Her fight brain, fight IQ just turns on, and she just—that's when if we see a third round, Alyssa Garcia in rounds one and two, she could be one of the best uh, of uh, in her weight division. But in 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 this in this in this fight, she was dominated by Hamazaki in rounds one and two. But in the third round, she almost uh, she came close to finishing Hamazaki, uh, I want to well, she will she had she had a Hamazaki's back but she just couldn't finish uh the the um, the rear naked choke um and it was it's, kind of, it's it's frustrating because Garcia is you can tell she has the right tools but i don't know if it's her size i don't know if it's just her 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 mentality going to the fights do you notice that for at all that she seems to get to just turn it on the third rounds
1: well, to be honest, when it comes down to Alyssa Garcia in the third round compared to her in the first two rounds, the difference is like night and day, just yeah. like when it comes down to Hamasaki and Invicta and the way how Hamasaki was being portrayed here in this Rising fight.
0: Yeah, um, and I, the reason why I'm also I'm calling Garcia uh, third round, Alyssa Garcia, because uh, when she was in the uh, Atomweight tournament, uh, when she fought. Um, um I'm forgetting her name now. Um the br- Maria
1: Neto Oliveira.
0: Yes, Maria I Oliveira. Uh she did the same thing. Uh she she got down in the first two rounds and then in the third round she just she she just went she went ballistic trying to trying to, to like do all these submissions to uh Oliveira. It didn't work out in the end, uh, but it was it's something that I don't know what it is, but it's something I, 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 I don't want to speculate, but but if she can, all I can say is that if, if third round Alyssa Garcia could go into first, can bring that 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 mentality in the first second round, she could be very dominant.
1: Exactly, but I mean, kind of think do you think it has something to do with her record hindering her? Even though I know most people think that records mean everything, but in all honesty, records only mean one thing and that's how durable you are, but the point of the matter is, do you think that has something to do with her record?
0: Um, I don't know. Um, because, you know, it's funny, because, you know, she defeated Kana uh, Azakura by basically re- re- grappling her and, 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 and wrestling her uh, to a decision. So, she, her wrestling game is very good, but I don't know if it's if it's her record... Or if it's her size, she is small, even for a uh, at, for an at uh, super Adam weight. She is she is very small. I think maybe five feet exactly, five foot one.
1: No, no, she's not five feet. She is four eleven.
0: Five. Okay, so I'll okay. That's as
1: little Bella once said, she can milk an all standing
0: that's funny, That's funny. Uh Yeah, I mean, I get what you mean.
1: She is small, and I think that had a disadvantage to her in this fight against Hamasaki.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, no, definitely, and also Hamasaki has been around the game so long. She's uh, on a on a different level than a lot of a lot of fighters in the weight division are. Um, but even with that, you know, it's not. It's 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 so hard. My I'm trying to rack my brain. But what what uh? Gar- I mean I think that Garcia will be back to Ryzen. I don't see why she should not be. But I want uh-huh. I want to see her. I want to see her succeed. I want to see her do well because she is a gr- she is a good fighter. She's a protege of Josh Barnett. So uh, Josh Barnett sees something in her. I just that I don't know what it is that, and that she if it's her size or just her mentality that's is that's leading her to. Uh, these uh, these two back-to-back defeats.
1: Exactly. I mean, I want to see her succeed, too. Maybe, I mean, maybe she would probably need to go fight a little bit more on Kabache Americas or fight yeah. a little bit more on the California regional scene before, you know, come back to Ryzen with a clean slate because while she does have that fighting spirit in her, while she does have that you know, intensity in her. It's gonna be harder and harder to see her keep taking loss after loss after loss if she just keeps getting dominated by experienced veterans like Ayaka uh, Hamasaki.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. It'll be interesting also if they ever do a, re- a rematch with her and Kana Azakura, and just see if the fight goes any differently, or if you know maybe it's one of those weird MMA MMA things where she just happens to have Kana Azakura's. Uh, uh, card, but yet she can't break out to, uh, and defeat other fighters in her weight class for some reason. Um, it's always funny. It's, it's just it's funny how the how the world of MMA works, where just some people can't defeat other people, but then other fighters, you know, they have no problem uh, going up against, or the opposite. or the opposite.
1: like yeah.
0: you know, Charles
1: Bennett when he knocked out Manuel Kimura and now he's on this whirlwind
0: losing streak. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh, or, or you know. Uh, you know. I always like to say. You know. Uriah Faber. You know. Faber. You know. Could defeat almost. Uh. Virtually anybody. But put him up against. Uh. uh and Jose Aldo or Henan Burrell or I think it was um. Was it Mike Brown? I'm trying to remember who it was. There was a lot like a. Uh oh, you know, um, are you familiar familiar with Rick's story?
1: Rick the horror story, kind of,
0: sort of. He he would defeat these high level fighters like Johnny Hendricks, and uh, other fighters that you would think, oh, he's gonna he's gonna murk them, but then he would defeat them, and then he would lose to other l- l- lower level fighters that would not obviously be as good as him, and it's just one of those things that just like. Why does that happen? Why does it happen to him? Is, you know, um, I wonder if Garcia is just one of those where she uh, is azakura as far as she can get. I can't. I can't believe that. I honestly can't. I, I. I don't know why I'm speculating that. I don't know. It's. It's. You know. I just want. I want to see Garcia succeed because I believe she honestly can. I think she's a lot better than what her record actually says, especially in Horizon.
1: Exactly, and with that, we probably must remind you that Hamasaki did defeat Garcia via unanimous judges' decision. Yes, all three judges scored the fight to Hamasaki.
0: Yes, um, and um, continuing on the uh, on on the streak of 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 the uh, fights going to the decision, uh, next match, which was uh, an absolutely. Awesome match, I got to say. Uh-huh. Uh, we had returning uh, Kai Azakura, defeating uh, Angola's Manel Cape, also returning uh, to and Ryzen. Actually,
1: there's a little thing about that. He is originally from Portugal, but he represents Angola.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, I know he, he, he does speak Portuguese. I believe they speak Portuguese in Angola, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. yeah they do. So, oh, okay I mean they also speak Portuguese in mozambique as well as Brazil of course
0: yes of course um and uh this fight uh was a uh went all three rounds 15 minutes um it was fought at 100 it was actually uh it should be known this was a catch weight match um at 130 pounds um now i actually went to uh the Ryzen, um my contact at Ryzen to ask um why this was a catchweight match, and um, I believe it was agreed. Uh, if I remember correctly, they both agreed to the uh, to this weight. I can actually get up the exact uh-huh. quote in a s- I
1: think they, I think they probably agreed to this weight because Kai Asikura normally fights at fly weight. And of course, Manel Cape is a bantamweight weight by trade, so they had to come up with a limit of 130 pounds or 58.9 kilos yeah. just to make up for the fact that these two, you know, had a difference in weight, so they had uh, needed
0: a central point. Yeah, here's the exact uh, the exact quote I got from Ryzen when I emailed them about this. They said that Manel wanted to stay at 61 kilograms after the tournament. Um, this was the uh, band of, uh the. Um, Bandweight tournament that they just had, uh-huh. and uh, Azakura usually fights at fifty seven kilograms, as you just said. Um, so we met in the middle at fifty nine kilograms. So uh, yeah, basically, yeah, it's it's, it's it sounds like Minel wants to stay at around one thirty five, um, and obviously Azakura normally fights lower than that. So they just found this the middle ground of uh, around one hundred thirty pounds between the two. Um, but um, uh-huh.
1: Skipping all the way all the way to the end of the fight, I know that these two basically went tit for the entire contest. Yes. Up until the third round where basically Manel Cape was feigning and injury. And basically at the end of the third round it was all showboating. Almost all showboating from Cape. <laughs> I mean, I think I remember at one point at the end of the fight Cape basically said, "I mean, Cape basically yelled, Hey, come a pussy or a bitch or something like that.' Well, and it basically came back to bite him in the
0: ass." Do you know? Uh, do did you uh, rec- do you remember what uh, uh what he told when they you know when they had the fighters come out and they you know uh, they had them stand on the opposite corners? Did you did you hear what uh what Cape was uh, yelling to Azakura? Oh.
1: He was saying, "I'm a motherfucking star boy" or something like that. I do not particularly remember what Cape said to Asakura.
0: So they, uh, so they bring the fires to the middle. You know, they're going over the rules and all that stuff. And he's, he's telling, he's telling Asakura, "Don't give up, boy. Don't, don't give up. Like, you know, don't, don't, you know, don't let, don't let me kicking your ass let you stop being an MMA fighter. Like that type of tone to him." <laughs> I don't know if Azakura uh, even understood a fucking word he was saying. Azakura was totally stone-faced. He did not. He, he knows I all mean, that. <laughs> he probably might
1: have understood him, but he didn't really... He didn't really let that phase him.
0: So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Azakura, Azakura uh, has a great poker face. Uh, if, he, if he did care, he did not show it. And, um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, um... Wasn't there even... Wasn't there an opportunity where... Wasn't there a point where, uh... Where Cape was, was, he grabbed the ropes or something? Was was he yelling at the crowd or something? He was, he, at some point? I think so.
1: I don't remember.
0: During it, the fight? Not during, I mean, I've I seen the recall that he did that.
1: I mean, to be honest, I probably might have remembered that he was grabbing the rope and yelling to the crowd, even though they couldn't understand him. <laughs> I mean, to be honest... As crazy as that fight was, the only thing I remember was... The only thing I actually remembered was how it finished.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: And it was a controversial decision to say the least, but... To be honest, I think that Cape should have probably spent more time actually... You know, training and building his fight style up rather
0: than just... Acting a plum ass to the crowd and to his opponent. Well, you know, oh yeah, so this was a split decision... Um, actually, it should be also, I would also like to know, Kazakura got busted open, I think, above the eye during the match. Um, I think it was the...
1: yeah, I think he did, because I remember when he was... I mean, I remember at the end of the fight, he was just bleeding profusely.
0: Yeah, um, they did get some knockdowns on each other. Uh, nothing that was... Nothing... Not... not, I guess... I I guess... Not... not, They weren't, they weren't like... You know, fall back. You fall down on your head. Knockouts where they just <laughs> fell flat on their back. But they did rock each other a lot during during the three rounds. Um,
1: exactly. Uh, but you- To be honest, when it comes down to that decision, if a rematch isn't made between those two, I think that they would. Pro- I mean, I think they would probably be best fighting opponents that could match the style of theirs. Even though I would still be disappointed. But I think that if a rematch ain't made between those two immediately, they would be best off fighting opponents that matched their, I mean, that would match each other's style, so
2: to
0: speak. No, that's, that's actually a great, that's actually a very good point. Um, Miguel Cape obviously was not happy. He, You could, you could hear him vis- just verbally very upset with the decision. And, of course, you know, obviously you don't want to lose, you know. But, like, he did not take that loss very lightly. He was he clearly thought he won. Um I would say I feel like it was about fifty fifty on uh while I was look looking the responses on Twitter. It seemed like a lot of people cape thought Cape won. I'll be honest, I thought he did. But I did rewatch the match and I do think that I think that Cape I think I it looked when you watch the fight first uh, and you might think that Cape won, but then when you watch it again, I think you kind of see why Azakura won and why Cape didn't do enough to get the other judges' mm-hmm.
1: win. Clearly. It, I mean, clearly it has something to do with Cape's attitude toward the party. He basically seen this as like, oh, I'm going to make easy money. I'm going to treat this boy like he should have stole something. Something like that.
0: <laughs> I, I what do you think about Cape's antics? Do you like them, or is it just? Or do you think it, it goes overboard? Uh,
1: I think it goes way overboard because of the fact that martial arts in general, whether it's any type of traditional combat martial arts, just basically hand to hand combat, it's all about giving respect. It's all about showing pride towards your craft and your opponent's craft. But basically, Cape. I mean, in this Floyd Mayweather-like world of combat sports we live in, where everybody has to have an ego, whether you're Conor McGregor or just some bum off the street, I mean, Cape is basically trying to do the most bad when it comes down to that, and I think that if he keeps having an attitude like this towards his fights, it's really going to come back to haunt him. Mm-hmm. Like how it did when it
0: came down to this fight against Astacula. Um, I'm not, I won't lie. I do enjoy the antics. I think it's a great change of place. Um, uh, from how a lot of the fighters approach uh, a fight in Ryzen. There's not usually a lot of trash talking. Uh, there's not a lot of the showboating. Um, I, 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 to the degree that he does. I, I and I also like that Cape. Here's saying Cape is a good fighter despite the showboating, he is a a very talented fighter. But I think you're right in this... I think in this case, you know, it went a little bit overboard where had he done a little bit more, you know, uh, he could have gotten the win. He could have gotten the other judge's decision. Um, I mean, if you want to say that the other judge gave it to Kazakura because he was Japanese, you know, then obviously then Cape had no chance no matter what he would have done. But I think that Cape... Had an opportun- had an opportunity to win, and just you know he 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 played around too much. I think he played around for this fight too much, and um, it's not a bad loss, you know. It's it's not one that should uh, if there, if there's gonna be a rematch, I have no problem with that. My the match I want to see was a remake rematch against uh against McCall between Cape and McCall, um, uh-huh. but I think you know future matches for Cape, you know. Um, I was hope you know thinking that Anthony Berchek c- could get him. Um, maybe Khalid Taha. Um.
1: Well, actually, Khalid Taha probably won't be available to fight because he just signed a contract with the Brave Combat.
0: <laughs> ah Coach. yes, oh yes, I forgot about that. Yes, yes, you're right, you're right. Um, but um, I thought you know if, if Cave comes back, you know, I mean, he, I, I can't see why they're not gonna have him back. Um, he's a, he's an exciting fighter. And he definitely, you know, he should do the showboating stuff, but he should realize uh-huh. when, uh, he should, uh, I guess, um, be cognizant of when to do it and when not to do it.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, but uh, this was, I uh, just want to say, uh, it was, this, I know a lot of people thought this was the best fight in the card. My favorite fight is coming later. Um, but uh, this was still a great fight. I definitely recommend everybody check it out. Uh, if they have an opportunity. Um, and uh, moving on, uh, we went back to kickboxing. We uh, we had a uh three round uh unanimous decision win for uh, ECA Ishii, defeating Daishin Sakai. Uh, mm-hmm. Ishii, Daishin Sakai. Uh, he returned. Uh, Ishii returning to Ryzen. Uh, I, I believe also he was from Fukuoka as well, so he was fighting in front of his okay. home hometown crowd. Um. Sakai, basically, uh, oh, and this was at 114 pounds, um, weight division. Uh, Sakai, basically, he um, he didn't do anything. Oh, I don't want to say he didn't do anything, but he didn't look like, uh, it looked like a father uh, playing uh, boxing with his kid, I guess you could say. <laughs> um,
2: by a, easy to say. I really didn't pay
1: much attention to it because I was basically... You know, trying to get myself rested up for the rest of the card.
0: Oh, yes. There's, I don't think it's an axe.
1: You you could probably say that as more as I could because I didn't really pay much attention to it.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ishii basically manhandled Sakai uh, for three rounds. Uh, There's, uh, Ishii won this uh, unanimous decision. Um, Yeah. his, uh, that's all I can say. Sakai basically, uh, uh, looked out of Zelman against, uh, Ishii.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, now, uh, going back to MMA, um, we had a, oh. uh, you know, oh, yeah, hey. look, this one, you want to hey, take? I you talked about entrances earlier. Yes.
2: <laughs> wow. I just could
1: not believe the entrance Darren Cruickshank had. I mean, I understand that. Hulk Hogan still trying to get back into the good graces of World Wrestling Entertainment, <laughs> but still, anytime Rick Devinger's Real American come on and Darren Crookshank just makes his entrance out, it just makes me like it. Just basically gives me a contact high. So, oh
0: yes, and I don't know if you follow uh, Crookshank on Twitter or on Facebook. He he exemplifies like. If you if, if you were to ask a Japanese a foreigner what their thought of an American is, they probably would point to Crookshank as a stereotype, and that's and that's exactly. and you know that's what I like about Crookshank. He's basically playing, he's basically playing himself up to eleven, uh, with with the whole with you know I'm, I'm an American. I've got the handlebar. Mu- was it, was it a handlebar mustache that he was rocking this time?
1: Oh yeah, it was a handlebar mustache yeah,
0: come out to real american um which was uh i was I-, I admit I marked out for as well um and uh and, and not to mention talking about guns in the post fight interview oh yes, oh God, oh God, That was that was something <laughs> That's else how you
1: know how American he really
0: is. Um, this fight was, uh, at 154 pounds, uh, Darian Crookshank taking on, uh, Koshi Matsumoto. Uh, you know, uh, Koshi Matsumoto is, uh, you know, would you say that he's a journeyman in the, uh, in the Japanese MMA scene? Well, to be honest, I
1: mean, Koshi Luxor Matsumoto is not a journeyman. I mean, he is a, I mean, he is the shudo lightweight champion of the world, but Mm -hmm. still, I basically thought that he was really out of his element here when he got taken into the light by Crookshank.
0: Well that's the thing is that you know, I wasn't
1: ironic because mm-hmm. Luxor means white light. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I I'm not too familiar with Matsumoto. The only reason why I say journeyman is I, I, I only use that like I, I guess not literally in the sense but kind of just uh figuratively. Um, you know, there I mean there's some people who are very well known in the Japanese MMA scene. And I, Matsumoto is, I don't know, I don't, um, he doesn't seem to have the name recognition that other people have that have fought for Shoto, uh, Shoto and, uh, other promotions as well. Um, he seems to kind of, like, go under the radar, you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Even being a champion, you know, it's not that sometimes it just happens while champions just, you know, they just, whatever, they just, people don't know who they are, uh, for whatever, for whatever reason. And considering the fact that Shudo, aside from
1: a little UFC fight pass exposure, don't really have much of a presence as they used to have back in the early two thousands when Frank Trigg fought for that promotion. Yeah, I mean, granted, a lot of these Shudo fighters, where are champions or not, they're gonna be seen as unknowns.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when you have one promote, uh, I don't wanna- when you have- when the number one promotion is just rising, and those you know those are the fighters that are going to be the most well known you know and also the ones who come from ufc as well you know the 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 and um uh other fight i'm trying to think of um uh Kito, the, the kitowokas and the um uh Strasser, Scrat, strassers of the world those are, the, are going to be the most well known compared to other fighters like masamoto um yeah, I'm not, I, you know it's 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 unfortunate, but that's just how it is. You know, I I don't wanna. It, it's not denigrating his work as a fighter, but that's just unfortunately, that's just how it is. Um, but um, this was a uh, a uh, this was finished in the first round. Crookshank knocked out Matsumoto with a a beautiful left head kick. Um, uh, which he basically and also he uh. He broke his, uh, his, uh, back-to-back losing streak in Ryzen, uh, Cruikshank, Losing to, uh, Yachi and, uh, Kidoloka. Um, uh, and, uh, basically, you know, a lot didn't happen in the, in the, in basically the first three minutes of this match. They were, um, not too much. It was, they were, it looked like they were just trying to figure each other out. And then, uh, Matsumoto got a waist lock, a standing waist lock on, uh, Crookshank, which, uh... Crookshank got out of. Matsumoto backed up. And then that uh, he had his hands down for a, a brief moment. Crookshank went for that left head kick. And then, boom. Matsumoto just went down.
1: Mm-hmm. And, 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 sorry to interrupt you,
0: but yep, that's go. why
1: they say keep your hands up at all times.
0: Yeah, that brief second. that in, that in, That brief second if he, if Crookshank had waited longer he wouldn't have had that opportunity but he had, he had the right distance and he had the uh he had the right opportunity and he took it and Matsumoto, and uh it was a walk away knockoff actually I like to correct that it was a walk away give the middle finger noddle, knock knockout <laughs> i'm surprised
1: crookshank didn't flip the bird at Monsumoto, but to be honest those are the type of performances those are the type of fights that would have me coming back, especially seeing the fact that Cruikshank broke a two-fight losing streak against game competition and Kitaoka and Yusuke Achi, who we'll talk about more later. Oh, yes. I mean, after this, but still, I think that Cruikshank deserves his place in rising more than any other promotion, even though he's going to come back to Grand Rapids, Michigan and do fight cards for his local promotion there which is shown on Flow Combat High pay per view he has a place, a permanent place at Ryzen's
0: table. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Um, I want, you know, would it be, even though they're in way different weight classes, he's almost like, I would say they're Don Fry. You know, that that type of persona. <laughs> would you say so? Well, he has the mustache for that, let's be honest. But also the the, the whole American thing, the, the American uh Patriot gimmick I think I think he kind of I think he can kind of be that Don Fry for uh for Ryzen. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Exactly. But uh yeah, so after the after the after he right as soon as he knocked out Matsumoto, he gives Matsumoto the finger. Um, oh, he did. Yes, he, he just gives him the middle finger. Um, and um, he actually he he later said that he regretted doing that. I think that Matsumoto said some things that like Crookshank was like was washed up, you know... Over the hill, past his prime. Yeah. Basically, that sort of thing to somebody
1: who actually... I mean, to somebody like Masomaru, who even though he's seen footage of Crookshank, he really didn't know what he was getting himself into.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh... I... I if... I, I the, the promo he cut after, where he basically... Um, he basically... Well, he basically... He, He he said that he loved guns? What was it he exactly said?
1: Uh, oh my goodness. It was just, I think that was probably one of the most obscure promos in Ryzen since, you know, Felony Charles Bennett where he basically said to Wanderlei Silva, unless your big steroid-headed ass comes near me, just remember... I'm black. I'm not gonna say the particular words oh, yes. he said, but I'm black and I run fast.
0: Yes. Uh, if you want to look up exactly what uh, Charles Bennett said, please look up on YouTube. I pref- we don't want to really repeat what he said. Um...
1: Well, actually, you know, just search up Charles Bennett versus Minoru Kimura. Oh, yeah. M I N O R U K I M U R A.
0: But, but yeah,
1: still,
0: yeah, the fight won't take won't take you long to watch.
1: Yeah, that was fun to watch. But still, Crookshank basically, like you said, fits the American stereotype well, even though now we care more about guns more than anything. I, myself, will never hold a gun in my life. But still, Crookshank just fits the American stereotype to a foreigner. And if he fights more Verizon, that would probably mean he would be like Clear cut the future Don Fry of that
0: promotion. Uh now well uh, regarding Crookshank's uh future of Ryzen, do you think who else do you think that uh who do you think any future opponents that you think you have in mind for him to fight?
1: Well, to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing him face off against Diego Nunes who, as we will mention right now, lost in a split decision to Yusuke. Achi. Who, of course, Cruikshank lost to in a knockout. But to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing Cruikshank and Diego Nunez fight in Rising because of the fact that Nunez is basically—I mean, has basically rebuilt his career ever since he had that stint in the WEC and the UFC and that couple. Of, I mean, those couple of fights he had in Bellator it wasn't just one, but. I'm pretty sure that those two would probably have a good matchup against each other because if you seen the Yachi Nunez fight, you would know just how tit for tat that fight was.
0: Mm, oh yes,
1: you can oh, go ahead and mention
0: now. Oh yes, uh, so the <laughs> next fight after this was a again 154 uh, p- uh, pound uh, match, uh, lightweight. Uh, it was between Yusuke Yachi, who was on a Is it a three or four fight win streak for Ryzen? Maybe five? Probably five. Um, Defeating uh, Diego Nunes by split decision. Um, And uh, this was my favorite fight on the card. I love this match. I watched it about three times after after it became available on demand. Because I was just enamored by how it was... This was like an old school pride match. This was this reminded me so much of just the heyday of pride, where people were no matter Nunez, even though he was tired, you know what? He still did not give up. This he uh-huh. he was like a tank, going through. He was going through a minefield. He did not care. Uh, he didn't. He, he was exhausted, but he still gave everything. This was not a this was not an easy paycheck paycheck for him. He went in there to win. He didn't win, but you know what? I he he looked incredible. He they both looked not to anything from Yachi, but both both fighters looked incredible in this. And Yachi probably is certainly is becoming one of my favorite fighters to look forward to whenever he's on a rising card. He has not had uh-huh. a bad fight since he started.
1: I mean, I can agree with you. Yachi I mean, even though I didn't see any of his Pacific Extreme Combat work or his judo work, I mean he's been representing that crazy beat camp of Kid Ke- Yamamoto's very well. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Became a rising competitor, and you know it's been showing a lot ever since he's been fighting for rising, especially in this fight against Diego de Gun Nunez.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, I mean. Basically, they pummeled each other for three rounds, and actually, I think I believe it was the second round. Um, there was uh, Yachi was on the ground, and he uh, he gave an up kick to Nunez, which I think knocked out Nunez. But what happened was that Yachi got when as Nunez was falling, Yachi caught him in his guard, and so I think that I I think that the fight could have been ended there. But since he caught Yachi caught Nunez in his guard. The referee did not think it was a knockout, but clearly, Nunez was out for at least a second or two when that happened. Uh,
1: yeah, I bet it was. But was that up
0: kick legal? Or was that up legal? Yes, it was. was. It was legal. I, I, I it oh, was. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, the, the referee did not, uh, did not uh, step in and uh, give uh, warn uh, Yachi about it. Um, in fact, actually, uh, it reminded uh, me of um, the first match between Musashi um, uh, and Jacare. Do you remember that when uh Musasi knocked out oh, Jacare with that brutal upkick? That
1: was in Strike Force,
0: right? Uh well, I think no, I don't think that was in Strike Force. Um was that in Strike Force? I either
1: it was in Strike Force or Dream.
0: I think it was in Dream. I believe it was in Dream, because they didn't fight each other again until the UFC. When uh Oh right, right. Um but yeah, what happened with that upkick was that Musashi knocked out and and Jacare just fell right on top of, uh, of of Musasi, and th- the referee immediately saw that because he saw that that Jacare just was like laying on top of him, like he just fell asleep on him. Uh, if uh-huh. Nunez... If, if Yachi hadn't caught Nunez in the guard, I think this fight could have been stopped. If if Nunes had just fallen right on top of uh, Yachi, uh-huh. but I know I'm kind of glad it did because Nunes, you know, still you know still was game in the third round, and was still throwing bombs, and so was Yachi. Um, Even though it was a split decision win, I still had Yachi winning. Um, But um, what do you think of this fight, um, Christian?
1: I mean, I felt that fight was just... I mean, it's like you said, the fight could have gone either way, but I had Yachi winning too. I yeah. mean, mostly because of that, even though you had Nunez... A UFC veteran, a WEC veteran, a Bellator veteran. Even though he has all that decorative skill, he could stand to lose one fight. Even though he just came off of a title-winning performance in Superior Challenge in Sweden.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I the only reason, and it's I think what happened with the fight also was that Yachi was basically doing all the control and all the pressure. Whenever, uh, when Nunez, you know, when they would go to the corner, Yachi was the one who was dictating the pace. Um, uh-huh. while Nunez, you know, when, when Nunez would try to take down Yachi, Nunez was able to block, I mean, not, excuse me, Yachi was able to break, was able to block them. He was able to reverse, um, clinch with, uh, Nunez. And yeah, I think he, I think he controlled most of the fight as well, uh, Most of all three rounds. Uh-huh. Uh, but now,
1: when yep. it comes down to Yachi, and I again hate to interrupt, no, nope, that's fine. When it comes down to Yachi, who do you think would be a good future opponent for him inside the Rising Ring?
0: Hmm, Japanese fighter or, or um or or internet a different international fighter does it or any fighter?
1: of course.
0: Um, whew, that's a tough one.
1: Um. Hmm. I mean if you think about it, Mo would has been wanting to get over here, I mean, fight Verizon as well. Maybe it should be him.
0: That's interesting. No, that's a very interesting matchup. Um I know I, I know that he doesn't fight at uh fight at 155. He fights at 145, oh. but Crone Gracie, you know, I think would be an a very interesting stylistic matchup. <laughs>
1: You know what? I'm pretty sure a lot of people would love to see Crone Gracie not just get back into competition and combat sports, but actually resurface. I think yes. <laughs> he, I think he feels like he's been on a bit of a binge ever since the last time he fought in a Rising Ring, which was when he defeated Hideo Tokolo.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. So I don't know where Crone Gracie is, where uh, someone should put up the missing per, missing fighters. Signs on the milk cartons for him. I nobody knows where he is. I I don't I don't think he hasn't surfaced in any form. But if he, I would love to see him back in Ryzen. I know it's a different weight class, but I think just like I said, stylistically he is a um an interesting matchup for Yachi. Um, anybody else? I'm trying to think of anybody else right now that would be um possible good match. Um. Um I can't think of anybody really at, I mean um I I uh uh if he Take were your to get time, man. Take your time. You know if if Dachi were to go up in weight uh to welterweight maybe him versus Ben Askren what do you think about that?
1: Uh-huh. But if you think about it Ben Askren is retired. Uh, I
0: don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I, I, I. He wants to fight GSP. He, he, you know. I think he's one of those guys. He's retired in quotes, in my opinion. I don't know if I believe that entirely. You know, everybody. You know, Terry Funk said he's retired. How many times? You know, uh,
1: too and, many to count. Exactly.
0: <laughs> um, I think, I think Askren just this more, more or less wants a UFC contract. I think he will unretire if he's offered that. Um, but I think you said it to Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler would absolutely be uh an incredible matchup. Um if you want to continue the Bellator um um fighters, you know, Benson Henderson, I think would be a very interesting matchup.
1: Oh, yeah, it probably would. But wouldn't that I mean, wouldn't that be more suited for a Bellator cage
0: rather than a Ryzen Ring? Um I don't I, I I would I would be preference to a Rise and Ring just because of the of, of the lack of the rules for head kicks. And I would be interested to see uh, how Benson yeah. Henderson would adapt to that since I don't think he's ever fought in those types of with without unified rules as far as I can remember. Um oh, really?
1: Right, of course he hasn't. Even in his earliest days, when he fought for the Maximum Fighting Championship, he didn't fight under. I mean, he fought under the unified rules.
0: Yeah. Um. And also, you know, it's always it's interesting to see how fighters adapt to a cage versus a ring. Um. Uh-huh. And also, you know, I met you know, I kind of Benson Henderson has always been one of my my favorites as a as a as a fight fan and. I, I would I think so. I think that's an interesting match stylistically. Um, I don't know if Yachi would be ready for that type of level that that, that high level of competition. Well, I, no, no, I shouldn't say that. Um, I think it's I it would be a, an incredible step up. It might be as tough as opponent if if it were Benson Henderson, but then again, Michael Chandler would be as well. Um Um those those three probably would if if you were to hold a gun to my head, it would probably be either Chandler uh, Benson Henderson or um, or uh, Cron Gracie. Um, exactly. Anybody who you have uh, in mind for who he might fight next? I mean, I agree with
1: those three. Obviously, I don't see why not. And you think other than that, I just hope that yachi gets good competition soon because there's not that many free agents or that many Japanese talent to go around and start beating their heads in.
0: Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you know, that I try to think of Japanese <laughs> fighters. Unfortunately, it's not. The lightweight division is just not. Uh, yes, yeah, it's it's not as as deep as some of the other divisions are. Where I could think, oh, you know, I mean, I don't know. Um, I he would be undersized, but Kawajiri, I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't, would probably be a crazy fight. Oh, it, I wouldn't mind seeing Tatsuya Kawajiri
0: back in the coming I mean, back in the Rising Ring, and especially at um, the weight division. Nope. Especially at that weight division, um, exactly. Um, but um, moving on, uh, we're going to go op- to the opposite weight division. Uh, we're going yeah, back down to. The the, animal weight. Yep, going Kana down.
1: Asikula, no, the tournament champion Kana Asakula versus former King of the Cage women's Ana weight champion Magic Melissa Sophia Karagianis.
0: Yep, this a fought at one hundred and eight pounds. Um, interestingly enough, they uh. Kara uh, Giannis, who did not fight in Ryzen before, but has a 7 Degrees of Separation uh, connection with, with Ryzen, uh, she defeated Andine Nguyen uh, twice uh, in at King of the Cage. Um, well, actually, she defeated her once for King of the Cage and
2: the other for a small promotion in Trinidad and Tobago.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, thank you for correcting me for that. But, uh, yeah, that's the, uh, she does have a, a uh, that little uh, connection with Ryzen where she defeated uh, uh, Andy Nguyen, um, who has been uh, in uh, Ryzen before and who competed in the um, Super Atomweight tournament. Um, Uh This match went the uh, distance as well. Three rounds, 15 minutes. uh, Unanimous decision for uh, Kana Azakura. Um, I have no objection to that. Uh, Azakura, basically, um, she she basically uh, destroyed... uh, uh, Melissa for three rounds.
1: <laughs> well, I can what you want it felt like it obviously felt like Kara Giannis was out of her comfort zone because she's normally used to fighting in King of the Cage. She had a two and two I mean she had a two and three record in King of the Cage going into this rising fight. So obviously Melissa was out of her element. Oh yes. But I do think that with a few more wins on that I mean, I do think with a few more wins in King of the Cage, maybe getting that anime title back, she could probably come back to the Rising Ring and showcase her crap. But that- as far as Kana Asakura goes, I know that in her post fight speech, Raina Kubota came out and basically denounced that she wouldn't want a rematch with her but do you see a rematch between these two actually being reasonable
0: uh did you say that did you say that Reina didn't want a rematch uh Azakura or did Azakura didn't want a rematch Reina oh
1: wait actually let me rephrase that Azakura didn't want a rematch yeah, that, Reina
0: yeah yeah um yeah um i think this rematch will happen I do not see why it shouldn't happen. I think it's a very. I think it'd be an interesting matchup. Um, I understand why Azukura does not want to do that. Um, now, for those who don't know, uh, Azakura defeated uh, Reina in the finals of the uh, Women's Atomweight Tournament. Uh, she submitted her. I think was it was it the first round? Uh
1: yeah, I think it was the first
0: round. Uh yeah, she submitted her, and um, I think a lot. You know, even though Azukura is is absolutely. She's got a great grappling game. A lot of people thought that Reina was gonna win. She, they thought that uh, Reyna would knock out uh, Azakura. But uh, from that fight, we saw, you know, that uh, uh, Reina, Reina's um, takedown defense game is is unfortunately not up to speed with a lot of other fighters. Um, and I think, I think if she were to work on that. She could potentially defeat Azakura in a rematch. So, and I think that's why Azakura does not want to rematch her. Um, it is a tough fight. You know, Reina, you know, one punch from Reina, you know, you're down. Just get a liver kick, get a punch in the face, get a kick in the head. Um, but regardless, I do think this fight, I think a rematch will happen. I think it will happen, um, and I think uh, Sakaki Sakakibara basically implied that it was going to happen down the road, um... I don't know if he said it was going to happen this year. Um, And they did say... Sorry, go ahead. Actually, he did say
1: the fight was going to happen this year. But, I mean, he did say the fight was going to happen this year. And if it does go down, it would be for the actual linear Ryzen Women's Super Animate World Championship. But from my point of view, they got three events to work on between now... And the start of October, which is right around American football season. So, basically, they got three chances to actually tempt us with this contest, should a rematch actually happen. Yes. I mean, I think it's July 29th, Ryzen 11 in Saitama. August 12th, Nagoya-Aichi. Nagoya-Aichi, Japan, that is, Ryzen 12, and... September 30th, back at Saitama for Ryzen 13. They, I mean, Bara has three chances to make this match work on one of these cards. And I think that if anything, we'll probably see a rematch. But how will we, the fight fans, actually understand that? Because we know that Reyna got knocked out in that first fight. I mean, Reyna lost that first fight fair and square. How will she manage herself in the rematch? We all know that Kana doesn't want it because she feels like she's done what she could against Raina and we all know that Raina has a shootboxing schedule. How's that gonna affect that? But the point of the matter is, I think this fight would only work if it has enough interest behind it because I know the title I mean I know that they're gonna have the anime title on the line.
0: I just want to see if this thing can actually work. uh th- no, that's you brought up a lot of good points. Um, I also think that uh, uh, did you see any of the Rising Confessions um videos on YouTube that Ryzen puts out?
1: I haven't, but I need to start watching
0: them. When when they were doing the Kana Azakura uh Reina um confession, Azakura was definitely she was nervous going up against Reina. She was uh, she you could. She, she could just tell in her body language just the way she was speaking that she was she had some anxiety Reina had nothing Reina was was totally was all game from the beginning um uh-huh. as i mean as, as soon as it as soon as that fight went in the ring as soon as as the bell as the gong sounded yeah you know it all went out the window for, for Kana, but uh, you know who knows you know Ka- i think Kana does see this as it could be a it could be a bet ba- where it could be a bad match matchup for if Reina gets her shit together, uh, where where it needs to get together. If Reina can block those takedowns, can can work on her submission defense, she can. Uh-huh. Kana, uh, Kana could could end up on the other end of a liver kick.
2: Uh
0: huh. Um, okay. I th- but uh, regarding when this when this fight will happen. I'm still interested in seeing a Kana Asakura rematch against Alyssa Garcia. I think I'm just really curious to see how that match would go for a rematch. Um uh-huh. Reina um, you know, I don't know who she should fight next. I don't in turn ter- uh, in her division. I don't know if they want if they want to do um, Again, against, you know you think they would they would do Reyna against Hamasaki or do you think that's they don't wanna do that? That's you think that's something that they're thinking about? If they do manage to put that match together, that would be career suicide for Reyna. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I know Raina is
1: well versed in shoot and I know that Reina trains pretty much in the same elite type of system as Hamasaki but let's be honest Hamasaki would probably flatten out Reina in a second
0: <laughs> you're not you're probably not wrong about that you' you're, you're I, I, I can't believe that you wouldn't be wrong about that I think that they have been talking about kickbox they're gonna be doing a kickboxing tournament this year um I don't know if they said it was just gonna be men's well I know they said they Kiyochi Hoaguchi basically said he's going to be in a kickboxing tournament for Ryzen this year. But I don't, uh-huh. if they do one for, for women's um, Super weight, I could see them having them do have Reyna do that for the time being to keep her busy and then eventually leading up to an Azakura rematch. Maybe at the end this year or next year? What do you think about that?
1: Uh, I think that would probably be... I think that would probably be cool, but to be honest, we all know that Reyna is best at shootboxing. Mm. Would they want to try and do something with
0: that? Huh? Would they do sh- something with shootboxing? I don't know. That's a good. Qu- I mean, Ryzen has done a uh, tag team Brazilian jujitsu matches. I don't see why uh, they. W- okay. I don't see why they w- they w- couldn't do a shootboxing tournament. Um.
1: And, I mean, come to think of it, there have been, like, a couple of shoot-boxing bouts on Rising cards before. Oh,
2: yes, now. that's true, yes. The
1: one, the one that came to mind was the embarrassing, humiliating bout between Akebono Taro, Chad Rowan, and box out from that second card, as well as the Reina Kubota bout versus Cindy Alves on one of the 2016 cards.
0: You know, I totally forgot about that the Bob Sapp Akibono match until you brought it up. Um, so that's why I couldn't even think like has has Ryzen done. That's why I couldn't. That's why I didn't think Ryzen did any shootboxing because it was just it was that match and the Raina one. And the 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 more the the more I guess famous of the two was obviously the Sapp and uh, Akibono one. But I immediately forgot about that match as soon as I saw it.
1: <laughs> yeah oh, god. it probably made you want to forget why you were even interested in either one of them in the first
0: place bro. exactly exactly did that match end with like akibono's like the back of his head being like yeah busted open it oh did. my god yeah it did. <laughs> oh my god um well actually i want to just going back to uh Azakura uh, the thing about that stood out for me from this match was uh, remember in the second round when uh, Azakura had that armbar um mm-hmm. on uh, and oh my God, I thought that Karajanis' arm was gonna break. I really thought it was gonna snap and snap like a twig.
1: Mhm. I thought that was gonna be. I thought that was gonna be like that too. But to be honest, I think Karajanis probably should have you know prepared a little bit more for this oh
0: absolutely
2: yeah if,
1: i mean like i said she was out of her element she didn't know what she was doing she basically came in there knowing that she was probably going to be local competent i mean actually she probably knew she was going to job so she that Ah, what am I trying to say she knew that she was going to job out so she just wanted to show a good effort
0: exactly and listen you know she survived three rounds you know that's the most credit you could give her and she survived the really really nasty armbar um mm-hmm. but um do you think that uh should uh you uh, you think I think you said that she should uh fight on the local cards and then come back did you say that
1: yeah I think that Gina should regain her regain herself in king of the cage in order to, you know, boost herself
0: up when she does eventually return to Ryzen, if ever. Now, what do you think about a match between Kara Giannis and Alyssa Garcia?
1: Hey, that would work well. I mean, I'm pretty sure King of the Cage would, wouldn't mind having that match together, wouldn't mind putting that match together and getting everybody to watch on their Facebook Live just to check it out because they have been putting a lot of these women's fights on Facebook. Just to you know, get people at least somewhat interested. But
0: exactly, yeah. yeah.
1: I'm Melissa
0: versus Alyssa, so to speak. Melissa versus Alyssa, they're great. <laughs> now, actually, I just want to go quick talk about one last thing about this. You brought up how they're they're going to be having a lineal championship uh, for this weight division. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things about Ryzen is that I kind of think I think they would. I didn't think they were going to do championships. I think figured they're just going to do grand prix tournaments. That type of thing, but it seems like now they're gonna have actual belts that are gonna be defended. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you like that? Do you not like it? Uh, how do you? Uh, what do you think about that?
1: Hey, I think I think it's cool because now people will realize that these fighters are actually, i mean, these fighters in Ryzen are not to be toyed with. They are probably—I mean, they are gonna be one of the best promotions, not just in the whole. Combat sports scene of Asia, but probably in the world. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of these champions that Ryzen will put belts around and make them feel—I mean, make them feel important—will actually be one of, will actually actually be somebody greatest of all time.
0: The one thing I do worry about is, and you know, this is going on in the UFC. You know, people who champions who hold up weight divisions. And the other issue I also have is that. Ryzen does not have a monthly schedule of fights. They, uh, they're on a, they're on a different schedule. schedule. And also, there, a lot of fighters fight for other promotions, you know, King in the Cage, uh, Shuto, Ra, you know, Challenge. they fight all over the world. So, is it, like, if, you know, if a fighter, you know, I know that New Japan used to do this, if, if, if um, if, uh, New Japan uh, heavyweight cha- I W G P heavyweight champion lost in an MMA match. They would strip him of the belt. You think does Ryzen <laughs> does Ryzen do that? Well, um, if 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 if, if the one their fires loses loses an electric promotion, um, what are they going to do about injured fires? What are they going to do about? Are they going to will they have tournaments who decide who the contenders are, or are they're going to have a ranking system? I just want these questions. I wanna know what these are first before actual belts. Because I think if you don't have those figured out, it's gonna it can make a bad mess of things and we can see what's going on in the UFC right now. You know, almost every division is a mess because of interims and champions not fighting and everything that's going on there, you know. I just don't wanna see that happen to Ryzen. Do you think that at all can happen?
1: Hey, I know that it would probably I think it would probably be to the point where, hey, if we see you stalling up the division, we're going to strip this belt from you. But I don't think that if I don't think that if they take too long, if the fighter takes too long, if they win a title without defending it, that they would suspend him. I mean, I mean, they would cut them loose and strip the title from them because it's not like the w it's not like professional wrestling or the wwe in this case where you have like 60 to 90 days to make a title
0: defense i don't even know if the wwe even goes by that rule anymore do they even stick by that rule
1: Nope, they don't
0: <laughs> um, so yeah you know that's the one thing you know i just you know i hope they have it, i hope they have all this figured out i don't know if they do but if they want to start introducing belts, I have no issue with that. As long as, you know, as long as they don't fall into the same mistakes that so many, that the big promotions like UFC and Bellator uh, do. And, you know, as long as they can figure out, you know, this is how contenders are made. This is how, this is, you you defend the belt every once a year at uh, at Saitama during New Year's or something like that. Just something, just to figure out a, a concrete plan of, How they're going to make these belts, uh, how they make these belts mean something.
1: Mm hmm, exactly. And speaking of meaning something, we go now to the co main event. A guy who's basically meaning something, and he's not even. I'm surprised that Tenshin Asakawa is not even 21 years old yet, and he's already meaning something in combat sports. <laughs> Who do you know is undefeated in both mixed martial arts and kickboxing right now? Go ahead. Take a wild guess.
0: Um, My record's 0-0. Technically, I'm undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. to answer your question, seriously, Um, in, uh, in MMA... Uh, who's undefeated? Um, I'm. Who's uh? I can't. Well, who who has a meaningful record in MMA? I should say. Um, the closest would. I mean, if you want to say John Jones, but even he has he has that one disqualification loss. Um,
1: twelve six elbow
0: to Matt Hamill. Yep, yep. Where Matt Hamill defeated, uh, got uh, defeated John Jones by getting his face smashed in. Um, let's see. Um, kickboxing. Um, I don't know. I I can't think about. Let's
1: draw in blanks.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Benny the Jet, Yourki in his time. Right, <laughs> but you know, point of the matter is, what were
1: your thoughts about Tenshin Nasukawa knocking out flyweight king of Pancrase champion Yusaku Nakamura? Um. <laughs> he did knock him out 1 minute 42 seconds of round number 2 via startling left hook
0: um I'll be honest I, I'm actually surprised it lasted as long as it did um when my co-host uh, Declan and I were discussing the previews we were like we we just we didn't think this round was even going to go beyond 1 minute we just thought that tension was going to go in there knock him out and go back uh, go back home and play video games I thought it was just going to be like that um <laughs> I I don't know if you saw the, uh, now. You gotta see the rising professionals for this. So, uh, when they're doing the interviews with of, of, uh, Nakamura, when they're asking mm-hmm. his friends, his 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 the people who he trains with, um, do you think I can and defeat? If
1: I'm not mistaken, one of the people who he trains with is Teruto Yoshabo Ishihara, who's currently in a losing skid in the UFC.
0: Yes, yes, correct, and um. Um, his brother, uh, Nakamura also, his brother also fights, uh, in MMA. I'm forgetting his, uh, first name right now. Um, who he also trains with. Um, but, uh, when they asked, asked his, his friends and the other people who trains with, do you think, uh, do you think I can win? I can beat Natsukawa. They said, we think we can, you can beat him, but we also think that he can kick your ass. <laughs> they, they didn't say any words like that, but they basically said, yeah, you have a chance but the chances of you losing are greater than you, the chances of, of you winning. And it, he, you know, he's a Nakamura, MMA fighter, going to a different game, kickboxing. Um, yeah, you know, I give him credit for, for trying, for doing, for surviving around, round. Um, but Nakamura... I guess, I guess, you know, there's one thing Nakamura is great at is takedowns because he kept going for takedowns during this match. Mm-hmm. You,
1: like, just like Kira Giannis in that fight against Kana Asakura, Yusaku Nakamura was way out of his element. He was just spamming takedowns like he was in a video game or something.
0: Yeah, but here's, I'll put it this way. I think that Kira Giannis had a better chance of defeating Asakura than Nakamura had, a, had at defeating Asakawa.
1: Exactly.
0: And Nakamura, yeah. Nakamura, you know. And also, I got the, the most memorable thing about this fight. Tachi Nasikawa, I don't know what this, what was it? It was like a, a, a what was it? it? was like a capoeira kick that he gave? Or like a he rolling... Probably th- was the capoeira kick. It was one of those things that shouldn't that shouldn't have connected. It, it, it's one of those things that are like, oh, you you'd spam it in a video game. Uh, to, to, uh, to, uh, because you don't know any other, uh... Um, any other combat uh, controls uh in the wrestling or MMA video game that you're playing. But he did this mm-hmm. Capoeira kick that should not have hit Nakamura, but it planted him straight in the head. I don't know if it, I don't remember if it knocked him down, but it was highlight real gif worthy of of a kick. It was mm-hmm. I could not believe it.
1: Uh I mean- be honest, that kick, I mean, that kick and the knockout kick, I mean, the knockout punch that Nakamura had, I mean, actually, Nasukawa had against Nakamura, my goodness, it just basically, it basically made me, it keeps making me a fan of this young man. He's not even in his, in the prime of his career yet, and he's already just kicking ass, left, right, and center. I mean, he's basically been kicking ass ever since he was like a thirteen-year-old or something. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's probably like the one person at his high school that people don't want to fuck with because <laughs> of the fact they know the end result is coming. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, they. I mean, I, I bet Nasukawa has fan clubs in every high school in Japan right
2: now
0: because of him. And because of him just beating everybody's ass. He, he's not so yet. Oh, yeah. Nasakawa has... Uh, he, oh, he... I'll be honest. I'm not the biggest fan of kickboxing. It's not that I don't like it. It's just... uh, You know, some people like straight-up MMA. Some people like kickboxing. But when Nasakawa... If you tell me Nasakawa is going to be a kickboxing match, and I have watched when when he's fighting in Thailand, I'm watching those fights. When he's fighting everywhere, when I hear Nasukawa kickboxing, I'm like, okay, where's the link? Where can I watch this? He he truly is what, that one in a million, or uh, the, the you can call him the ace of the kick, uh, of his weight division of the uh, of kickboxing.
1: Oh, okay. Now you were basically trying to say that this dude is like a rock star right now, Tenshin Nasakawa.
0: Yeah, if there's anybody who can, who who's who's the who's the draw for me for the Jap, for kickboxing and or just kickboxing in general, not just Japanese kickboxing. He is the one. He is the one that that draws me in because you know you're going to get excited fight whether he goes a distance. And if he doesn't go the distance, you know that he's he's going to knock him out. He's going to knock out his opponents in some in a in a beautiful, brutal fashion. Uh huh. Um,
1: exactly. And to be honest, I can only hope that his career only grows from here because if you think about it. Like we discussed on, he's undefeated in MMA, he's undefeated in kickboxing, he's undefeated in mixed rules bouts, which barely last the first round. <laughs> I mean, I think the only fight that would make sense other than, you know, obviously the Horiguchi fight would be a fight against Taiga in K-1.
0: Ta- what about Takaru? Did you say Takaru? Did oh, yeah, say-
1: Takaru too. Takaru as well, because I know that both of those two have been wanting to fight each other for the longest amount of time, mm-hmm. and if you can, you can also throw in Philip Manuel Kimura in that mix as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like, though, he... Uh, yeah, the Takaru fight is the one to make, just because you know, those, those... They have been talking back and forth. They want to fight each other. I'm not so sure exactly what the issue is. If it's K-1, if it's Ryzen, if it's both... Um. But that seems to be the fi- the future besides the horaguchi match um uh kickboxing match that is the that is the that would be the biggest uh Japanese kickboxing match to make between uh Nasikawa. that'd be uh against Takaru uh tak- Takaru. Mm-hmm.
1: um I mean if that were to be on New Year's Eve that would probably sell out all attendance And television ratings on Fuji TV, as well as digital streaming ratings on the Fight app.
0: Oh, that I would—you know—it would be main event worthy. It it would—you know—it would be—it would be a great—a great way to put a kickboxing match as a main event for for an MMA promotion. It absolutely would.
1: Exactly.
0: And um, speaking of the main event, uh, let us move on to the very last match of the card, which was. Kyochi Horiguchi. This is by the way, this was a hundred thirty-four pounds, uh, bantamweight. Kyochi Horiguchi, uh, returning to Ryzen on a winning streak. Uh, continue that winning streak, defeating returning uh fighter Ian McCall, um, formerly of the UFC uh, flyweight division. Um, he not de- to mention McCall was also the Tachi Palace fights flyweight
1: champion for those who follow. Outlaw MMA in Northern
0: California. <laughs> <laughs> um, this fight, uh, it was a gr- I think this was Horiguchi's way of. Uh, he was watching every other fight. I was like, uh oh, these, there's too many finish, too many uh, fights going decision." I everybody on the East Coast wants to go go to sleep because it's six a.m. Their eyes are are burning. I'm gonna finish this fight very quickly for those East Coast uh, those East Coast watchers uh, of Horizon uh, Ten, and that he did. Knocks out E McCall. Nine seconds, first round.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think I had a meme up on the Focus Fights Twitter account. I'll probably link that fight. I mean, I'll probably link that tweet to you, but I basically said, and this was just how I quoted it, holy shit, Kyoji Hoy Gucci just smirked Ian McCall in nine seconds. Cut this shit off, I can't take it anymore. That was a fucking knockout. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, yeah, it the deliverance meme. This too much, thought. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, I think it's also be pointed out, you know, that for those who have, who follow lots of MMA and who are familiar with E. McCall, McCall has had this, this, I, I don't know what, how to put it, but this 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 streak of just bad luck outside of his fights and inside his fights. And when I say outsized fights, mm-hmm. I mean fights that never materialize that get cancelled either because his opponent pulls out or he or gets he pulls out. Exactly. Um and the last fat the, the last match he had before um uh, before the matches he had in Ryzen um uh, was against uh John Lineker in the UFC, where Lineker missed weight and was clearly clearly out outsized McCall, uh and had a using that size advantage uh, to to uh, to beat McCall. Now, Ryzen, McCall's streak uh, bad luck she continued when he was in the uh, bantamweight tournament, where he had his fight with Manel Cape, and Manel Cape won by doctor stoppage due to McCall's face head. It looked like it was it rubbed up against the ring and cut him really badly above the eyebrow and uh-huh. and before this McCall, uh Cape was talking shit to McCall uh basically doing basically what he did to Azakura during this um during his match and uh uh-huh. and in this match he gets defeated not even in 10 seconds uh-huh. i mean that's the, I guess that's the big... I mean, other than talking about Horaguchi, the big question is, what do you think McCall does, does from now?
1: Yeah, to be honest, I don't know. But from the looks of things, when it came down to what he tweeted out, what he posted on Twitter, it felt like he was just about ready to call it in.
0: Now, in fairness, he did say like that... Be- he did say that he was going to do that before the K fight. He did say that. He said something along those same lines as well. But uh, he returned for this match. Um... You know, again, you know, when somebody says, says you know, in wrestling or MMA, I'm retired, you know, I never really truly really believe it until the person is dead in the ground, you know. So if Ema calls, you know, says that he's retired, you know, he's not doing it anymore, I don't know if I believe that. You know, if if Ryzen offers him the right fight in the right uh, purse, I can see him coming back, even though he said that, even despite all this bad luck he's having. Mm-hmm. Um... I guess the other thing we could talk about is what do you think about this do you think the stoppage was premature?
2: Or do no, you think it was wrong? It wasn't It wasn't.
1: That stoppage I mean, basically, McCall had his hands down. I mean McCall just lost that split second of focus and it cost him. That fight didn't get stopped. I mean, that fight didn't get stopped prematurely, obviously. That fight did not get stopped prematurely because we all knew. McCall had his hands down. McCall just lost that train of thought for one second and it cost his ass.
0: Um, Now, when I first saw this, I'll be honest. I actually missed the finish because I just looked down at my phone briefly. And then I just heard the bell go off. And then...
1: Wait, you heard it twice, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, yes, I heard it twice. I heard it twice,
1: <laughs>
0: um, and I was like, "Wait, but what? Did I, what? Did the, how the fight end?" And I saw the replay, and it was just like I could not believe it. Like it was just, it's one of those knockouts that, like, it's
1: it I, I it was.
0: I, 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 I'm, I'm, I lost the words, what to say about it, other than, you know, if I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. And say, you know, the one thing I could say is, if you want to say that it was a premature stoppage, the only thing I could say is, is that I've seen fights, other fights stopped, uh, uh that have been stopped for less reason, or uh, that have been, have gone on for even for even worse beatdowns. Because here's the thing: when Horaguchi knocked down McCall, McCall, he he didn't fall; he, he tumbled backwards, and. He wasn't on his back. He didn't fall face forward. He tumbled backwards. And then, right when Horiguchi was, was about to spring into continue, the referee then waved it off. Uh-huh. And I guess because I've just seen fights go on, I've seen beatdowns worse. The rest let be, other beatdowns go in, go for much farther. I I guess that's the one thing I could say I can understand when somebody says Oh, I think you I think it ended a little bit too early. You understand know what I'm saying? Uh
1: huh. I get what you're saying.
0: It's not to take anything away from Horaguchi. He the, the win was deserved, and I think that Horaguchi would have won regardless. Um, exactly. I don't know. It's very hard. It's very hard. To, you know, I'm not. If somebody came up to me and said, "Hey, I thought I was stopped prematurely," I would not be. I would not think that they're. Totally out out of their out of their mind, um, but um, yeah. It's uh, do you if if McCall were to come back, do you have any prospective opponents for who, who 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 you could match up against in Ryzen?
1: Well, to be quite honest, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him have a rematch with Manel Cape. just yes. because there is some animosity towards those two, especially from the only other time they fought, which was December 29th of 2017 and that incident. But still, I wouldn't mind seeing those two scrap it out again. Absolutely. Just all the buildup that it would lead to. Other than that, I don't have any other opponents for Ian McCall, unless he's thinking about hanging up the gloves soon.
0: Now, with Horiguchi, now, we got to uh, what happened after. Um, Horaguchi. They they brought in, they brought out uh, Nasukawa and Horiguchi, Basically, uh, I don't. Know, would, would you say he challenged Nasukawa? Uh,
1: yeah, I think he challenged Nasukawa in that kickbox. I mean, to that kickboxing tournament idea. Which, to be honest, I mean, who would really be a prospective opponent for Horiguchi right now? I mean, if he's planning on doing this kickboxing tournament thing.
0: I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um... You know, if if he, if he were to go, uh, you know, I I when the original when that tor- bandway tournament originally happened, I thought it was gonna come. I I originally predicted it was gonna come down to Kawajiri and and Horaguchi in the finals. I mean, no, no, no. I I was incredibly wrong about that, obviously. But I'm you know I'm still intrigued by a Kawajiri Horaguchi match. Um. I mean, well, obviously now they already have a fight for him. Um, for those that, uh, that uh, didn't see it, um, Ryzen just had a press conference where they announced that uh, Horiguchi at the July uh, card in uh, Saitama, he will be fighting Hiromasa Okiko- 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 Okikubu. Okikubu. Kubu. excuse me. Okikubu. Okikubo kubo, excuse me. Yeah. And um, it's, that's a really odd match when I heard it um, for many reasons. It's not, it's not a match I'm not looking forward to. But I don't know, it's it's and also it's at catch weight, I think, as well. I think they're doing it at catch weight.
1: I mean, like how many pounds did they say it was? Like 130?
0: I think it was 130, yeah, 130, something around that along that line. Um I, don't
1: know. I mean, to be honest, I think that's gonna be a cool fight, but
0: But it's kinda of like I mean, a why. Like why he defeated uh, uh, Orogochi defeated him soundly the first time. Um I don't know if 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 it was you know if it was that they had other points for Horiguchi but they just said no uh or you know this is something that Horiguchi wants or o- Okikubo wants? I don't know. It's it's just like, it's a, it's one of the matches that uh, when I saw I was like really? That, that's
1: that's well, to be honest, maybe maybe seeing the fact that the McCall match felt like a damn warm-up, providing him somebody like Hyomasa Kubo, who should have been signed to the UFC, but obviously didn't get that opportunity, I mean, having those two compete, it would feel like real competition for Hoaguchi, even though, obviously, Kubo is a flyweight.
0: Yeah, that's, and it's... I, I just... Uh, it's, I just think it's a, it's a really odd, uh, and, you know, uh, Oki, uh, Oki Kubo has, 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 he's actually on a winning streak, if I'm correct, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, and he's not, he's not, he's obviously a different fighter than when he fought Horaguchi. Um, if, if, if he does defeat Horiguchi, what do you, what do you do in that, uh, in that case? You kind of, the Horiguchi high train kind of gets derailed.
1: Well, not exactly. You start building up towards the linear Banway title fight between Horiguchi and somebody, to be determined. I
0: don't know. I just... I I, I think it's just a a, a really... It's not going to be a bad fight at all, but I just think it's a really, really strange matchup. And not... It was... I was definitely not expecting that. I was not expecting that at all. Um... I, uh, you know, if he mm defeats... Sorry, go ahead.
1: But to be honest, if Horiguchi does end up defeating Okikubo, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him fighting that... I wouldn't mind seeing Horiguchi fighting that kickboxing tournament. That would probably be something
0: incredible. I think, I guess my issue... Only if he defeats Okikubo. My issue is is that Horiguchi has nothing to gain fighting Okikubo, but Okikubo... Has all has everything to gain. I I, I don't I don't know. I kind of I I don't know. It's 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 I feel like it's it's it's, it's a weird match up to make up. Um, I you know I was talking with some with somebody on Twitter. Um, that uh, said, uh, why doesn't why can't they get Horiguchi to rematch uh, Ueda? Uh, his other his one uh the other his only other loss uh besides uh DJ. Um, I don't know if if uh, Ueda has been asked if he wants to rematch Horaguchi, and he's just said no, or, you know, if they haven't even asked him, you know, I, I think that's a much more interesting matchup, just because that's the only other loss on Horaguchi's record that he could potentially, uh, uh he could uh, rectify.
1: Uh-huh. I agree with that. Uh, but, still, now that we... Come to the end of our program and the end of our review for this Rising event. What would your? I mean, if you could sum this up in a few words, what would be your overall summary of the event?
0: Oh, I thought I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't know if we're gonna if we if we assign stars or number of grades uh to uh, to, uh shows. Uh, but if I were if 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 I were forced to, uh, it would be uh, an eight out of ten. out of 10. It was absolutely fantastic. Not, not, not one bad match, uh, matches that went to decision, you know, were, 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 were great. Um, there was no, there was no, there was no Satoshi Ishii, uh, taking on, uh, well, taking on, um. Let's talk about Satoshi Ishii the better, let's uh, be honest. No Bob Sapp, Akibono matches, you know, stinking up the cards, or um, um, forgetting the uh, the uh, the fight from when the uh New Year's Eve cards with the uh with the Mongolian fighter, um, taking on um, I'm forgetting his name now. Um, nothing. There was no stinkers on this card. The apps. There was absolutely none. Where I, where it was just like, oh well, this just fucking ends. Nothing like that. Um, uh-huh. uh, if I, my fight of the night. Uh. Was uh Yachi versus Nunez, and if I were to give out two performances of the nights uh to uh, fighters for finishes, I would absolutely give it to uh, Horaguchi, and to uh, uh Crookshank. Um, mm-hmm. how about you? Uh, sum up this card in in your eyes, and you know, feel free to give out a fight of the night and performance of the nights if you like.
1: Well, to be honest, if I could sum it up in one word, it would be excellent. I mean, granted, you had 10 fights on the card. I mean, no, wait, actually. You had 14 fights on the card, if I'm not mistaken. No. Shit. You had 12 fights on the card. Mm -hmm. Eight of them ended in a decision. Seven of them ended. No, wait. Eight of them ended in a decision. One of them ended in a draw out of those eight decisions. But still, each and every single one of these cards actually... Each and every single one of these fights on this card meant something. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, if I were to give a performance to the night bonus, it would probably be to, if I'm not mistaken, it would probably be to Yuskayachi and Diego Nunes because of the way how they mastered each other in that lightweight bout. If I were to obviously give my knockout of the night performances Obviously, Darren Krukshank would have to share with Tenshin Nasakawa and Kyoji Horiguchi.
2: hmm mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Mostly because of the fact that each one of those KOs was just phenomenal. hmm And obviously, the submission of the night, Kanako Murata, because she had the only submission of the evening choking out Lanchana Green via Anaconda Choke. Mm-hmm. But. Other than that it was an excellent card and I can't wait for the one that'll come up in all I mean, I can't wait for Ryzen eleven to come up on July 29th. Uh, I already got my I mean, I already got my ticket planned.
0: <laughs> are you are you actually going to the card? Are you actually gonna no, be in- no oh. what
1: I mean was I'm gonna be watching it on fight like everybody else. I'm not gonna basically travel my ass over to Japan on some 45-hour
0: flight. Well, here's here's some news about me. I'm actually going to be in Japan while this while this fight is going to happen, and I actually will be attending it. Um, oh, that's cool. This actually will that's- be my third uh, attended Ryzen event. I went to the uh, New Year's Eve shows in 2016. Um, when I that was my first time ever to Japan. And uh, it just so happened that the tr the, the three week trip that I have lined up for Japan just happens t- the the week I'm arriving will be uh for the uh July twenty card and I'm absolutely excited. crocop's gonna be there it looks like they had uh I think they had Kawajiri on the ca- on the poster as well so it looks like he'll probably be there. Prochaska, um hopefully Reyna. Um I don't think the reyna kinda match will be there though yet. So um but I'm really excited to to go back and and see a Ryzen show. Um, it's absolutely... I was there when, uh, when Gabby Garcia defeated uh, Pummel, Yumiko Hota, and I that was one of the most exhilarating... That was one of the most... Because exa- even though she was so m- mismatched, the Japanese audience was going crazy for Hota. They were uh-huh. so behind her. And it was just the energy of the crowd was incredible and I cannot wait to be a part of that again.
1: Hey, if I mean I'm pretty sure that Gabby Garcia will probably want to fight Verizon again, but if oh. if they have her fighting a damn granny again, I'm not gonna watch it because <laughs> forty eight seconds was just too much watching poor Yumiko Hata get whooped like that.
0: Listen, it the the post fight Thing, shenanigans that happened made it made up for any grievance I had about an old a a, a grandmother game beat up by a monster like Gabby Garcia because I was exactly. so immensely entertained uh just quickly though uh just in other uh Asian mixed martial arts news did you happen to see the road FC show uh that just happened road FC 47 I seeing it, but I couldn't
1: really get behind the Chinese commentary. I did hear about it a lot, and I seen the results for it. Oh yeah. I know that in the heavyweight Grand Prix, actually, the openweight Grand Prix, Gilbert Yable, Chris Huggy Bear Barnett, uh, I mean, Auri Gelli, and if I'm not mistaken,
0: um, who else, who else, who else? Oh, we were just uh, talking about her. We were just talking about her.
1: No, it actually, and not
0: Gabby Garcia, obviously. Oh, uh, <laughs> I was to talk about the other, the other, the other uh, main event, uh, main card match.
1: But still, let me go ahead and try and pull up these results real quick, because I know that the fight card was incredible. Oh. They have the four finalists set to go for the Open Weight Grand Prix semifinals.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, I. You know, I follow strange because they usually have English commentary for these shows, but they did, they did not for this show. I was very um, disappointed that they didn't.
1: Actually, I mean, I think it has something to do with the fact that their English commentary team, no disrespect,
0: sucks. Oh, no, it's, it's awful. Uh, but you know what? I don't understand Korean or, or Mandarin. I'm glad they have somebody translate it. You, as long as they can do that. Screw up everything else. I don't care. Just translate what they say in the post prom, post match promos, and I will. I have no issue with that. As long if you don't, as long as you don't uh uh do what um what's his name did uh during the the uh the uh the New Year's Eve shows in 2016 uh Joe um um oh, Joe Warren Joe Joe Warren yes. Uh, as long as you don't pull the shit that he did, and you know I'm fine with you know. You can't get any worse than that, in my opinion. So they 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 are okay for what I expect of them. But yeah, the reason why i bring up this car is because exactly. it was an incredible this was an incredible car as well. Uh absolutely fantastic as well. And there was some uh Ryzen uh connection as well, as they had um uh Gabby Garcia in the card, uh uh Huggy Bear Chris Barnett, uh Kazuki Fujita. Um But uh in terms of uh uh, the Asian mixed martial arts scene. Um, it the probably the the most notable thing of it uh thing of the card was uh Mighty Moe being submitted by Gilbert Yavelle of all people. Huh,
1: Gilbert Yavelle. Yeah. 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 Sorry. In a way, the hurricane. I mean, Hurricane Gilbert is back in full effect. I mean, even though he's in an advanced age. He's still kicking everybody's ass.
0: Yep, yep. Um, and the other um, um, notable um, fight, well, fight in the card was uh, Gabby Garcia finally getting her hands on uh, Veronica Futina, uh, continuing that feud with the Gladiator fight team. Um, mm-hmm. and-, and Gabby Garcia choked
1: out Veronica Futina, even though I know the Gladiator fight team don't want to hear that.
0: Uh well, unfortunately, the video stands for uh stands for itself. Um, so Gabby Garcia now is at five and zero. It starts her twenty eighteen yep. with with a win. Um, and uh, she'll definitely be back in Ryzen. I don't know if she'll be fi- if she'll she'll fight somebody again from Gladiator Fight Team, or you know who they're gonna fight next. But I think that's a you know it's an interesting choice of like. What do you do with Gabby Garcia at this point? Uh, what do you think?
1: I mean, to be honest, I, I mean, I know there's not any big girls, big women that's skillful enough to actually face Gabby Garcia, except for this one Russian cute named Katja Kavaleva. Yep. But, I mean, if they can find, if Ryzen can find somebody that's actually meaningful for this woman to face... That isn't a complete asshole like Yoshiko Hirano. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see Gabby Garcia fighting in the Rising Ring again.
0: Oh, she will. She absolutely will. It's just... I mean... All the opponents I can think of... I don't know if they have stand a chance against her. Not necessarily because of her skills, but because of her size. I don't know... There's no... <laughs> he can't... There's nothing like, I don't know what like I mean, you know, I would you know the I what do you think about King Reina versus uh, Gabby Garcia?
1: Oh no, I don't think we're ready for that mismatch. <laughs> even though King Reina would basically love to face off against Gabby Garcia, but still that match is a long ways off, and I don't think we're ready for it. And, by the way, speaking of the heavyweight, the openweight Grand Prix results of Road FC 47, Chris Barnett knocked out Alexandru Sandu Lungu, the mm. Romanian Pride
0: FC veteran. Oh, yes. And actually... Well, this Oliver the Spartan Thompson, who I didn't know his name was, his first name was Oliver. I always called it Ollie. I, me too. Me too. But
1: Oliver the Spartan Thompson defeated Chalong Dang
0: um actually uh uh ollie Tom's, i think ollie tom um was supposed to he subbed in for uh, jerome banner i believe um who after his last fight in Ryzen, i'm kind of glad that this fight didn't work out i'll just say that but i'll say this um that his fight will first of all he looked he looked about two weight classes above Dang. Um, he looked like a monster. He, it yeah. it it was disgusting, and I don't know what happened with Dang, but the, those knees to the body, he uh, Dang was on his back, and Thompson was on the ground, and I don't know if if Dang's ribs broke or something, but something happened where, where where, these were were I think Dang might have gotten injured because it. Oh. It was. Sure he did. It was. Yeah. The, these um, these needs of body to uh while on the ground were absolutely disgusting. Uh, Barnett is one of my favorite fighters in the heavyweight and open weight division. I absolutely love Huggy Bear. Um, he almost was finished by uh, by, by um, by Alexander Uh, with a rear naked choke, but he managed to get out of it. Um, uh, shimmying out of it. Um, do the shimmy uh-huh. shake. And, uh, yeah, knocked out the, uh, the, the, the monster Longu. Um, um, <laughs> and
1: to be honest, could you believe that fight was the heaviest fight that took place that night?
0: It's funny, because if Barnett, I think, wasn't he the shortest? I think he was the, the shortest out of all. Oh, the... Yes. The
1: dude's 5'9, 270. He's like a damn, I mean, he's like a fullback in football. Yeah. American football, that is.
0: Yes. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they match up, uh, which way, how they bracket the next fights, um, cause, um, uh, also in, uh, also in the, uh, main event, um, I'll say this, I love Road FC, but I have no idea how, why they keep on putting Jae Kim in matches because I think he's legitimately the worst fighter in the world. Because
1: he's the sacrificial lamb of Road FC. That's why.
0: I, I, well, it's... Ah, uh, like a second, uh, a sacrificial lamb should at least have something. I see nothing. I do not see a good fighter at all. I see somebody who is not good, who has nothing, except tattoos and a guy he calls himself the Yakuza. It's
1: well actually he had to cover those tattoos up because oh, yes. China has a law where you can't wear I mean you can't show
0: tattoos on TV, nor can you come out to rap music. Yes. <laughs> Yes.
1: But still, point of the matter is, Aorigeli is a monster—a happy, lucky no, a happy Chinese monster.
0: <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. And um, actually, there was a, and also, and one more notable fight was the uh the reserve bout that they had uh, uh well Kazuki Ironhead Fujita taking on Handong Kong from China. Um, uh-huh. and this was this was. Uh, this was ended by a groin to the knee after Kong could not continue. It was,
1: uh, I mean, like, seriously. Some of these Chinese heavyweights need to practice their skills a little bit more because, I, don't, I mean, no disrespect to Ari Gelley, but his fellow countrymen suck.
0: <laughs> no, no, like, there is, like, here's the thing about R. Ar- he He, like, whoever he fights next, whether it's Gilbert, Barnett... Um, maybe Fujita Thompson.
1: Oh, yeah. I would love to see Andre Kelly versus Chris Barnett. That would be just listen. I mean, like shut up and take my viewership. I think
0: that would probably be the safest. Not to take away away from Barnett, that would be the safest matchup for him. I cannot see him see him beating Thompson or Ivo at all.
1: Exactly. Mostly because of the fact that if Aurigeli were to face off against Gilbert Yaebo, obviously Yaebo would kill him. If Aurigeli were to face off against Thompson, he would probably knock, I mean, Thompson would probably beat Aurigeli up so much that he would probably be puking all over the mat.
0: Yes. Um, so, if if Road FC, Road FC loves him, they 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 obviously he's in the main event for a reason. Um if they wanna get behind Origelli, if they wanna match up anybody with him, it's either Barnett would probably be the safest bet for him to advance. Um uh-huh. also just oh, wanna also note uh when Ya Yaival, uh submitted Mighty Moe, I think he did he break Mighty Moe's arm with that submission or did he dislocate it? No. Oh, I think
1: I think he dislocated it. To be honest, because
0: when they when I mean,
1: what, if he would have broke that arm, bye bye, open weight title.
0: Yeah, uh, so that's actually interesting. Because I'll be honest, I actually had Mighty Mo winning this. Obviously, now that doesn't happen. So whether Yavo goes on or gets defeated, obviously he's he's deserving of a of a matchup against Mo for the title, no matter how yeah, tournament exactly. goes. I also just want to give a, a shout out to UFC. One of the other reasons why I love them. Um, they will give penalty cards without warning. And that actually happened, um I'm trying to remember which fight it was, but uh there was a fighter who grabbed the cage for like about three seconds and the referee stopped and then gave a blue card to him. Um and i just you know, I just wanna say I applaud that Ro FC actually does goes ahead with, with, with severe warnings to their fighters. Not just, you know, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Like, uh, a lot of promotions do. And uh, even Ryzen's guilty a bit of bit of it sometimes. But I'm glad that Rue FC is really on top of it. Um, right, right, In terms of other just Asian mixed martial arts, uh, major mixed martial arts news, there was a 1FC show that happened um, uh, a few days ago. Um I didn't I think
1: it was actually yeah probably yesterday.
0: I didn't. I, I only saw the Shinya Aoki match because I love Shinya Aoki. I love to see how he submits people. Other than that, I didn't see. I don't know that much about. It. Did you happen to see it? Uh,
1: I didn't see it, but I heard about it.
0: I heard. I mean, you know, one FC is definitely one of the promotions to watch. I think they have a very interesting, um, uh, pro- approach to how they do mixed martial arts, uh, and. I think that one of the things I have to give a shout-out to is their app. Their app is fantastic. I was able to watch my uh, Shinya Aoki fight uh, for uh, the few seconds I was able to, a uh, few minutes I was able to before I went back to sleep. And, uh, yeah, no, their, their app is absolutely fantastic. It was free. Um, you could download it off the App Store. And, um, yeah, is one of those promotions I've been trying to get into, but I just have never really dived into as much as I would like to. Uh-huh. Um... I'll-
1: other than that, you know, thanks for having me on this podcast. I mean, I enjoy the over two hours and 30 minutes we got to talk about this great Rising event. I hope that we can get a chance to talk more about the Rising events that are coming, especially the one happening on July 29th.
0: Oh, yes, that'll be interesting because I will be in Japan. So if anything happens, I will be probably messaging you. We would do this at 3 a.m., while wow, i am dead ass dead ass tired
1: yeah and for me it would probably be high noon
0: oh yeah which yeah that that is going to that'll be interesting uh, oh, that'll be interesting thing to do but um uh i just want to can you uh christian can you uh, just uh give us uh your social media where people can contact you and all that stuff and uh uh just you know a shout out to focus fights and all that stuff just uh, feel free to do all that
1: Okay, well, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can go ahead and follow me at Gary 92 And as far as Focus Fights is going, we are basically an upstart MMA blog. We are basically doing our best to help provide all of you with some of the best going on in the world of MMA outside of the UFC, outside of Bellator, outside of probably one FC that everybody should be talking about, and you know, we got. I mean, we're basically focusing you on some of the stuff that you should be talking about in the world of MMA. And Our address is focusfights.com, F O C U S F I G H T S dot com, or you can follow us on Twitter at Focus Fights, just like they can follow you guys on Twitter at We Are Rising Pod.
0: Yes, and if you want to send us a question, email, angry email about how I get a lot of names wrong, uh, you could just send that to podcast at gmail.com or like uh, Christian said, uh, just do it on Twitter. And uh, once again, uh, Christian, I, I greatly appreciate you doing this to me and we'll definitely have you on for a uh, future podcast to talk about Ryzen and just the, uh, the burgeoning uh, uh, MMA scene in, uh, in all of Asia. Thank you again. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, you're welcome. Anytime, man. I really enjoyed the conversation we've been having about this, and hopefully it leads to more.
0: Absolutely. And for all those that are listening, and for new listeners, we always appreciate your, your, your time. Uh, subscribe to us on, uh, on SoundCloud or on Stitcher. Uh, just look up We Are Rising on, uh, on SoundCloud or Stitcher, and hit that subscribe button. And uh, we always appreciate the support. Thank you, everybody, Have a great day.
1: Later.